Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. CNN has leaked audio of Donald Trump confessing to his crime. Yeah, not really. It's uh, it's kind of nonsense audio. And a lot of people are like, this is the big breaking story about Trump. The, the audio proves it doesn't prove anything. But we are going to talk about that. However, we're not leading with that story. And I'm going to tell you why. And it matters. Because for eight years, the media has lied about the context of every single story related to Donald Trump. And so when they come out, CNN publishes audio and they say this audio proves something. The rule is you're supposed to wait three days. Because then invariably something else comes out and goes, actually, that was fake. And that seems to be the way it goes. So we'll definitely talk about the, the audio uh, uh, leaks of Donald Trump's conversations pertaining to classified documents. But we do have more pressing and important news surrounding censorship, the culture war, and a bunch of other topics. So it seems Bud Light, Bud Light sales have dropped to a new record low. And finally, finally, Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch, has fired the marketing team. Now, I know a lot of people thought that it already happened. It did not. They put them on leave. We thought this would blow over and they'd bring these people back. Well, surprise, surprise, the boycott is holding. Sales are dropping and they finally said, you fired. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about, we got some other news. Target is getting heat once again. Uh, a producer from Tucker Carlson is coming out, slamming the network because they just nuked the remaining producers from Tucker Carlson tonight. We'll talk about that. And then uh, the quartering had a big announcement. He is... I want to be careful how I phrase this, sort of leaving YouTube, making YouTube a back burner. And this is a big shift because we're seeing something similar with Tim Dillon. Large, prominent, influential personalities in the political and cultural space all around the same time are announcing that they're moving to Rumble and they're getting off YouTube. This is market competition as it works. So we'll talk about that. But before we get started, my friends, head over to castbrew.com, the official sponsor of TimCast IRL. In fact, we're sponsoring ourselves because we own Cast Brew. If you want to help fight the commies, you buy coffee from us. And it actually is some of the best coffee. I have to be honest, and I mean this sincerely, we worked really hard to make good coffee, and I believe Appalachian Nights is the best coffee I've ever had. I'm not kidding. And Robert, Rise with Roberto Jr., second best coffee. For a while, I thought our Rise with Roberto Jr. Uh, blend was the best. And then I started drinking the Dark Roast Appalachian Nights, and I went right back to the Dark Roast. I really do think so. And um, to be honest, it's not hard for me to say I think it's the best. I actually worked on the blend found what I thought was the best blend, and then we made it, and I think it's fantastic. So if you want to support the show and you like a good cup of coffee, go to castbrew.com, buy your coffee today, join the Castbrew Coffee Club, get three bags every month, K-Cups are coming, new blends, we got Unwoke Sleepy Joe decaf blends are coming, a lot of a lot of great stuff in the works, and we're working on the coffee shop, so thank you all for your support. And also, don't forget to go to timcast.com, click join us, become a member to support us directly, and you will get access to uncensored members-only after shows Monday through Thursday, where as a member, you can actually submit questions and call into the show to talk to us and our guests. Totally worth it, and we do appreciate your support. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this and so much more is Gene Hamilton. Hello. How are y'all? Who are you? What do you do? I am uh, Vice President General Counsel of America First Legal, and uh, we, we're here to fight for the common person for the american for true traditional american values 
So we represent uh, clients in court. Uh, we do all kinds of things uh, to uh, oversight, public attention, uh, to things, government overreach, excesses, private corporations, the like. Pushing back on wokeness and these Pushing companies. Pushing back on wokeness, all all of the stuff that we're seeing all over the place. We want to be right in, and we're doing our best right now to, to get all and over. And there is big news coming this week, you were mentioning, with the Supreme Court and an affirmative action. So that'll be really interesting to see. Maybe we'll get into that later on the show. Sounds great. Thanks for hanging out, man. It should be fun. We got Seamus. I'm Seamus. I have a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes, where we make animated cartoons. We released a video last week where I reviewed and fixed a bunch of left-wing memes. They were broken. I had to make them funny, and I did. So if you guys want to check that out, I think you'll enjoy it. We also have a 30-minute long version of that same video, an extended cut behind the paywall at oh, wow. freedomtunes.com. If you guys want to go over there, check that out. Become members. You'll be able to see it. And uh, I think I think those are your best. The, the meme the, reviews, the, the meme reviews one. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the, not, yeah. they're a lot of fun. The, the 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 conspiracy pyramid was one of the best. Thank you. Well, wait till wait till you see the pride. A lot of people were saying the pride one was the best. So I want right, to right. encourage you. You, you got to watch that one. Everyone, you have to watch it. You at you at home. If you love me and want to support my work, I want to watch it. Hey guys, uh, Ian Crossland, IanCrossland.net. Happy to be here. Follow me anywhere on the internet at Ian Crossland if you like me. Uh, and I'll see you later. And I'm Surge.com. I'm ready to start when you guys are. Here's the big news. Uh, and the big news is not that they leaked audio of Donald Trump because it's been eight years of that. I'm so bored with it. No, the big news is from the Daily Caller, top Anheuser-Busch marketing executives behind Boycott are no longer employed. The top two Anheuser-Busch marketing executives who were placed on leave amid the company shakeup no longer work for the brand. A source inside Anheuser-Busch confirmed in texts obtained by the Daily Caller on Tuesday. Group Vice President for Marketing Daniel Blake and... Bud Light Marketing Vice President Alyssa Heinerscheid are gone, gone, according to obtained text messages with the current regional head of marketing. The caller is granting anonymity to the source to discuss lengthy, fraught internal company policy. Quote, to my understanding, if we publicly announce the word fire, it opens up the potential for them to sue us. That's why we said leave of absence. The source said in text message obtained by the caller, the wholesalers would have had an absolute heyday with leadership if they didn't remove her. The source inside the company also said, to be fair, Daniel Blake was actually awesome. I think he was just caught in the crossfire, but also he did hire her. So that's a fault. Wholesalers were told they are both gone for good by leadership during in-person conversations. They already shifted all their direct reports to new people and the head of marketing. The source added another text message obtained by the caller. I'll tell you why this is important. What we thought was going to happen. There's a hubbub, some bubble up in the press. After a, a couple days or a week, sales return to normal. The boycott falters. They announce they're coming back from their leave of Evans or, or, or just don't announce anything. And they just slide back in their positions and everything resumes and they keep on keeping on. But that's not what happened. What happened so far is that three months on Bud Light sales continue to get worse. And now they've officially terminated these individuals. Starbucks just had a strike last week because they're telling people to take down pride decorations. Target's stock value is collapsing. And a bunch of other brands are reeling because, ladies and gentlemen, get woke, go broke is becoming more and more powerful. Yeah, absolutely. You love to see it. I had a similar expectation when this all began. I thought, you know, people are going to stop drinking Bud Light for a little while, but they're going to they're going to go back to it. I, I think that when conservatives have tried boycotts in the past, they haven't really stuck to them. And of course, this situation is a little bit different. And one key detail I was missing is that you don't have to be a conservative to be disgusted by this kind of thing. There's a large subsection in this country which still finds uh, a man in a dress to be very off-putting. And so even without having any kind of organization or political ideology behind it, people said, I'm not drinking that anymore. I, I, dis I, I disagree a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
I think the average person does not care about a man in a dress. And that's why it was tolerated for so long. What they care about is one, it was marketing beer to kids. And two, we're seeing more and more of the grooming stuff. Mm -hmm. Parents started seeing books in schools that were teaching children about adult explicit content. And now what's happening is it's causing a, a backlash that's encompassing more than just the core issue, right? So when a parent sees a book like this book is gay, which, which Ian purchased, and it, it teaches children how to use adult sex apps, there's a backlash and everything, it, it's, it's collateral damage. So for a long time, you get a guy in a dress, what happens? The average default urban liberal or suburban liberal, whatever type, didn't care. And they said, I don't care what these people are doing in their, in their own homes. They're, they're liberals, right? So they're like, do whatever you want, live and let live. Then these books come out, come in these schools. Now they see it and they associate all of it with each other. That's why now when Bud Light, it's, it's not just this even, Bud Light sponsoring Toronto Pride, where you've got naked men, you know, gyrating in front of children. So yeah. people see that and they're just like, all of it, gone, don't want it, no, sorry, bye-bye. I, I agree with you that the grooming and all of the perversity that's come into the limelight in a way that it wasn't before is also factoring into people's decision to boycott. But I would say that people have traditionally and historically still been off put by seeing a man in a dress. I, I would say that that was the case um, all the way up until now. No, right, 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 right. Like, and, if you, and, and if, brands if, weren't using them as right. mascots. I was looking at old photos from uh, Atlantic City in the 20s mm -hmm. and people are out in summer wearing suits. Yeah. Like, it was like, yes, people were offended by people who didn't wear the uniform. So like, even up for a, for a long period of mm -hmm. time, we got to a point where a guy in drag, a person, um, um, a cross-dresser, male or female or whatever, was for, for a long time socially completely unacceptable. But with the liberal period in the past 20 or so years, they said, ah, you live in the live, do, do your thing, I don't care. But what, what I'm saying now is, Yes, people may not like it, but they tolerate it and said, we don't care, we tolerate this. Now they're not tolerating it at all. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I guess my main point is just that through that period where people were tolerating it, it wasn't because they didn't find it off-putting. They were just willing to allow it to happen somewhere else. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And now that it's affecting them, the pendulum is starting exactly. to swing in the other direction. Yeah. So then what's the end result? Are we going to see more brands back off? Did we win? Is yeah. this... Is this the uh, the get what go broke is the 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 brick that got pulled from the tower that causes the total collapse look i i, I mean i personally think it's going to depend on the brand unfortunately i mean i think that there's if ben and jerry's put dylan mulvaney on a carton of ice cream it people wouldn't bat an eye i mean because I that's disagree. their customer base right uh, i disagree I, mean, I i just i just don't know uh because that, that's that that's how far out they are for bud light and for most mainstream corporate mainstream corporations, <clears throat> families especially, touching on exactly the issue that you just mentioned, which is people don't want this stuff shoved in their face. They don't. They're tired of it. And so, like for twenty years, people tolerated RuPaul's drag shows and all this other stuff. Okay, well, yeah, they're off doing their own thing in their own life. And and but now they're they're doing exactly what's happening. But I think like I I just with a with a brand that is extremely liberal like Ben and Jerry's I don't know with everything else I think I no, think ben, that you're on not it. on Ben and Jerry's Ben no. and Jerry's is a gas station brand yeah ben, ben and Jerry's is like Bud Light sure they do kooky things you know like resist or whatever but no one cares when they walk in to grab a pint of ice cream they want mm -hmm. cookie dough and brownies that's all they care about so when Bud Light became political in this particular picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. 
All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. People were just like, nope, not buying it. And I think it's because it's now affecting them. Ben and Jerry's does a lot of political stuff, but let's be real. A guy walking into a gas station for some cookie dough ice cream doesn't care if it's, if it's Haagen-Dazs or Ben and Jerry's. Maybe he likes Ben and Jerry's because it's got bigger cookie dough chunks. That's about it. So if they started, I, I do think if Ben and Jerry's put Dolan Mulvaney on the carton, it would sell a lot less. I, I agree. I agree. Part with that. of what this just crossed my mind, but I think a big mistake that Bud Light made Anheuser Busch is D- Dylan's not really. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to claim if he's trans or not, but he's a he's an actor and and he's doing camp. He's very he's spoken outward that he's like making fun of the whole process. So it's not like a real trans woman that's like, look, we're we're identifying gender dysphoria this person is like we're, we're in support of this community it's dylan mulvaney he's a crazy actor he's like so they they it's almost a, it's mocked it's, yeah it's, they, it's they kind of mocked trans rights and transgenderism by using dylan as their spokesmodel well this, this is the crazy thing to me i think i think dylan's intention is to insult trans people like i i, I say it all the time i don't know how you get anything else from that there was like the recent video where Dylan is on the red carpet and Tony the Tiger comes out and Dylan starts panicking and freaking out. I'm like, could you imagine if if a white man like put on blackface and went around and started hooting and hollering? Like, Dylan Mulvaney is is a, is a comedian and actor who has has done a bunch of ridiculous things like the Price is Right video, running around and 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 rolling around on the ground. It's all it's it's like shock jock Borat level stuff, for real and. So I, I, you, you look at these videos that Dylan's produced. Come on, let's be real. Dylan singing about having a bulge is just to insult trans people. I, and, 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 you know, we had that, uh, that leftist guest on Friday, Phil Labonte, the other night was saying her whole thing was literally just whatever Tim says, we're going to say the opposite. And that's what ends up happening. Dylan Mulvaney comes out, puts on this performance that's insulting and demeaning to women and trans people. We criticize Dylan for doing it, so they defend Dylan. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, we're. I, I don't make the same distinction that you guys do. I, I view all of this the same way, but I'm curious about how the transgender community or, or people who identify as transgender have responded to Dylan prior to the public backlash. Well, look, you have there are prominent uh, uh, personalities who are trans mm-hmm. who speak out against these people. Yeah. And there is among transgender people, there's a left and a right as well. Mm. So. It's it's I, I don't think you can you can you can hit it all with one broad brushstroke. You know what I mean? Well, Dylan I, Mulvaney clearly is a unique character that is is putting on a performance and has even said this. Dylan Mulvaney did not come out and say they weren't trans, but did say they wanted to move beyond being identified as a trans person. Something yeah. something to that effect. For sure. No, I, I don't disagree with you guys at all that Dylan is a particularly obnoxious example. And I, I don't disagree that people who identify as trans have a wide variety of political views. Where I'm saying I don't draw the distinction is I think all of it's insulting to women. I think all of it is a caricature of womanhood. Oh, yeah. No, I'm saying that Dylan's insulting trans people on top of it. Mm. Like, like, you know, you can you, you can take a look at um, 
many. Look, I'll, I'll shout out Blair White and I'll shout out ContraPoints. A, 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 I guess Blair is considered conservative. I don't know where, where, where Blair stands. And ContraPoints is considered liberal. They're both serious people. You can disagree with them. You can, you can uh, have arguments around their ideologies or the way they live their lives. But they're both serious people who present arguments. Dylan Mulvaney puts high heels on in the woods, runs around, and then sings about having a bulge, which just demeans and insults trans people. Like, I just, it's Borat. So that makes it's me Borat. think that maybe, Gene, you were onto something, that if, if companies were to go with, you know, utilizing transgenderism as a marketing tactic, but not going for the campy, clownish uh, people as their, as their spokespeople, and they actually find, like, genuinely you know, trans people that are like, maybe they've been suffering or whatever, and they want to elevate that community somehow. I could see that actually not be destroying a company, maybe actually helping. I mean, <clears throat> I just go back to the RuPaul. RuPaul has a show on what, E or whatever, and had a show for decades. RuPaul's Drag Race show and all the these Bravo? other things. And, and and so you have, you have these examples of this stuff happening where you have a base that is conditioned and acculturated to this lifestyle and to this this stuff, which which with none of it, I uh, I agree with. To be clear, um, quite the opposite. But when you take a brand like Bud Light, yeah, or you take something like anything, I mean, take a Ford Mustang. If they if Ford decided we're going to advertise a new Mustang with with Dylan Mulvaney, <laughs> but didn't they? Did Ford do an advertisement with Dylan Mulvaney? No, no, no. They did. Oh. Uh, they did a Pride Rain. Who, who did the did Pride Rainbow truck? Yeah. Okay. Was so, that, was that so, a bad example? Somebody did do. I, I think someone might have done a rainbow truck, but also to be clear, th there's something about the rainbow that puts a layer of abstraction over it. I, I don't think there was an yeah. actual picture yeah. of somebody like Dylan Mulvaney associated with it. Yeah, in 2022, mm. there you Ford, go. Ford did it. <laughs> wow. Well, let, let, let's jump to the, check, we got we got yeah, an update yeah, too. Check yeah, this out. Yeah. It's from the New York Post. Bud Light sales reach new weekly low following Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. Sales of Bud Light suffered their steepest weekly drop. I want to stress this all for you. Please listen. It has been three months. It's three bad. months later and the worst week so far. 28.5% drop. It's getting worse. Yo, it's supposed to be easing up three months on. I think this is brand death. I think... You know, the way I described it earlier is that maybe this is where we wrap a nice little bow around the Bud Light story. Dylan Mulvaney destroyed mm -hmm. Anheuser-Busch. That's wild. And, and look, the, the, the company exists. They'll make money. And I'm not saying that they just disappear off the face of the earth. But I wonder if we might see a cascade effect that I've talked about before. Three months on and sales are still getting worse. That's crazy. And now they're talking about, the, so they're doing another free beer giveaway. They had Memorial Day. Now with the 4th of July coming up, Bud Light is giving away their beer for free. Mm -hmm. Now that's the get, get won't go broke, man. Right. Understatement. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think that's very accurate. And this entire past Pride Month seems to have been a complete disaster for the left, which I've, I've very much enjoyed. Part of why I think this was such a massive and strategic error for Bud Light is because not only were they not selling a particularly impressive product, people aren't buying Bud Light <laughs> out of a sense of brand loyalty. People aren't buying Bud Light because it's the best of the best. People are buying Bud Light because it's inexpensive and it's what they have access to. But they also have access to many other beer brands. Nobody who's drinking Bud Light is picky about the beer they're drinking, right? They could have a product that's not from Anheuser-Busch and enjoy it just as much, if not more. So what they did is they tried to force something incredibly 
controversial onto people with a brand that those people didn't need and had very easily accessible alternatives to. Yeah, 30 or 40 years ago, beer was like, you didn't have that many choices. Mm, right. There were a lot of it was centralized. Then all of a sudden, micro brews got mm. super popular. And now you've got like 6,000 different choices you can stock your bar with. I mean, yeah. why Here, would you ever go for trash like Bud Light? Take, take a look at this from the USA Today. It's bland, I guess. Bud Light offers $15 beer rebates for 4th of July weekend amid boycott declining sales. I chose as neutral of a source as I can. They mentioned that 15 packs of the beer sell for less than $15. <laughs> It's not that they're practically free. They're giving you money. So, so hold they, on. They mention that some of these 15 packs are $12.99 in this article wow. and that you get a $15 rebate. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a beer company that's giving away its beer for free. When I when I see that, I'm, I'm looking at their stock right now. Look at this. Anheuser-Busch Enveb in the, in the past six months is down 5.72%. In the past month, they've actually recovered 3.8%. Yo, the market, often illogical. A beer company that doesn't sell beer. It gives it away for free. This is that, is, that's something people apparently have decided they, they should invest in. Well, and so this is something, maybe some people are just trying to buy the dip. They think it's going to get better. I can't imagine anything else explaining that. But I think that there's something very massive and catastrophic about this. And I mean catastrophic for them. Everyone's been saying this is the best example of a conservative boycott I've ever seen. This is one of the best examples of a boycott in general I've ever seen. When was the last time you saw a brand that was so heavily boycotted they started giving their product away for free? I've never seen that happen before. Can you guys think of any examples? No. Of a business that was losing customers at such a rate that they started giving their product away for free and people still weren't <laughs> taking it? I've never seen that happen before. Hey, look, their stock has rebounded a, a couple of points mm -hmm. in the past week or so. So That could be an example of the people that sold, so I'm looking last, for, in May, it, it dropped 20%. They went from like 68 bucks to 52 or something like that. And uh, the, what happened was a bunch of people probably sold. Mm -hmm. Then the rest of the, the world was like, uh-oh, and then they sold. It dropped so low. Then those original people that sold bought back. So, at a, at yeah. a, at a, so they made some money and they still have the same amount of stock, but then it dropped again. Uh, you know, obviously people don't want the stuff. That's what I'm saying. I think maybe some people are trying to buy the dip because they're thinking this can't go on much longer. Yes. I, it's, it's not yeah. retail investors. That's my guess. It's probably firms. Mm -hmm. And they're doing an analysis and they're like, okay, we've seen it stabilize. It's been three months. You know, we'll buy now and see what happens. People will get over it eventually. You know, our stock price will go back up. I don't. I don't know that they will. I hope they don't. If it, you know, I, I think this, they've it, really done a number on themselves. Listen, man. these sale decline. The sales decline at twenty eight point five percent is with them offering these crazy rebates. Right now, you now they're offering free beer. They're like, buy our beer. It's twelve ninety nine for a fifteen pack. You get a fifteen dollar rebate. They call it practically free. I'm like, yo, they're giving you money. They're, they're like, okay, they're no, giving fair, you money. Up to $15. So I think they're covering the cost. Right. So it is just free. So they're giving their beer away for free. They're trying to stem the bleed. If they don't do this, it would be down 50%. Mm -hmm. So they're hoping that when the, after they're doing this because they know 4th of July weekend, their sales are going to be in the gutter. They've got to do something to keep the number up so that after next week, we can see an, an improvement. Well, yeah, and I'll also say I think that bad 4th of July numbers are going to be particularly abysmal. That is really going to hurt their market value if, if they don't see any kind of bump for the holiday. Oh, that's true. And But, I mean, I think the other point here is that even with free beer, free beer, 4th of July weekend, if any of y'all are going to barbecues this weekend, who of you will be caught 
holding no. a Bud Light. Trump, I will I make fun it. of anyone who has it. I will, <laughs> I, mean, I will make fun of anyone who who has it at a barbecue. How about this? Shelby Talcott tweets, Maga Mimosa, the featured drink at the NH Federation of Republican Women Lilac Luncheon, where Trump is scheduled to speak shortly. And there's a uh, Bud Light, Budweiser. And I think, is Stella, is Stella mm. Anheuser brand? I'm not Fine. sure. I don't know, but they got Bud Light right there. Wouldn't it be hysterical if Trump just started trashing Bud Light while he was there? He's like, I heard some people are saying there was some Bud Light here. Like, I don't he like should. Bud Light. I don't, I, quite frankly. I, I, it, look, that would, be, that would be the nail on the coffin. We went to an event in West Virginia. It was like a Republican speech being given. And they had a, uh, a drink, you know, mini bar set up, no Bud Light. And I walked up and, I, and the guy opened the fridge and I could see Bud Light in the fridge. And I was like, oh, I see you got Bud Light down there. He's like, yeah, we don't have it out, though, because it's like they had the stock. If someone asks for it, we'll sell it to them, but nobody's going to buy it. And mm. I'm like, yeah, okay. So all the Anheuser-Busch uh, products were pulled. When we did our event in, in Texas, we actually told the bar no Anheuser-Busch products. I, I, they can't even do that at this Republican event? Here's, here's a question. Here's a tough one for all of you. Um, Trump is guaranteed to win in 2024 but you have to drink a bud light okay do done. you do it you do it you throw that bud light back you let people take a picture of you holding a bud light tim pool if it meant trump is guaranteed everywhere. to win i here's the yes, thing no no you, i don't think you would because <laughs> he wouldn't pardon you for it he'd be like <laughs> he'd be like tim drank that bud light it was awful if you see anything will, so I will, awful i will i will don't make, say it don't say it it's going to get clipped don't you say anything about don't you say anything about how you drink bud light don't you say don't say anything about how you would drink bud light I will sacrifice for the greater good of this country by drinking You're a Bud a Light man. if it means it guaranteed Donald Trump the election. Yeah, Stella is AB and Bev. Look at that, Stella. Tim, I couldn't let you do it. I said, Tim, no. There, were, there, 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 you know, there, there have been people who have been willing to sacrifice everything to save everyone, Seamus. Oh you know? man! Look, and, and you're saying I'm you, just, you if, if they said, I was just asking you, quite frankly, I want to see. So, what so hold on. I don't think Trump's going to pardon you. They, it's, they, they, they come to you and say, Donald Trump, okay, a time traveler comes. Uh -huh. And he says, Seamus, you understand the butterfly effect, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm telling you right now, if you let me take this picture of you drinking a Bud Light, Trump <laughs> will get elected. You wouldn't do it. I would not do evil that good might come of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would drink the beer. Would you do a keg stand? <laughs> Bud Light keg stand. And take it all. No, out. Modelo. No, you do a Modelo? Modelo's fine though, right? Uh, I don't know, it's Modelo, A, B, and No, but seriously, come on. Like, I know it's fantastic. No, it's just good to know you feel that way, you know? What I don't, is this like Trump sanctioned? Yeah, Modelo's also ABN Bev. No, it's not the United States, it's Constellation Brands. Oh. Fact check. We've we got it on we their website, ABN Bev, our brands. Yep, outside of, the, outside of the United States. So in the U.S., where sales are skyrocketing, it's owned by Constellation Brands, an antitrust lawsuit. Oh, yeah. that away we do it. not own this delicious beer in the U.S. That's a disclaimer on their website. Wow, it says that. It's interesting. Okay. Oof. So did Trump. Yeah, come on. Of course, everybody would, if, 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 if if there was some definitive proof, the oracle of time, the, the CIA's time <laughs> device, you could look into it and it was like, if everybody, if all Trump supporters started drinking it's Bud Light CIA, right now, he'd I win. wouldn't trust it. It's the I'm CIA it's time like, telling device. They're only trying to get us to drink Bud Light to boost their sales. That's okay. why they're pulling this whole prank. Trump supporters <laughs> discover an alien device that can show them the future. And they see a possible future where if they all start drinking Bud Light again, Trump wins, they would. Dude, Bud Light's going to sigh up us into thinking that this is the truth. <laughs> like, look, it's the only way you can reelect it. That's their marketing strand, uh, strategy. We, we, we looked into the future. It's the only way. <laughs> the only way for Trump to win. Oh, my goodness. Actually, I, to be honest, though, I think it would be the opposite. I think if conservatives actually gave in and did not boycott these brands, without a doubt, Trump would lose. Mm. The fact that we're seeing 
so many regular people and conservatives actually sustain a boycott yeah. suggests to me there will be the ground, the possible ground force for a Trump victory. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I think it's also just indicative of the fact that your average person isn't interested in having this nonsense forced on them. As we were discussing earlier, for a while, people were okay letting these things happen far away from them where they wouldn't have to see it. But once you start putting in their face, they go, you know what? If, if, if it's either um, you stop doing this or it gets forced on me, I choose that you stop doing it because I'm starting to feel like the whole live and let live thing was always a lie. Well, let, let, let's talk about what's causing this because um, Ian actually purchased this book that's been the subject of great controversy. And I have this tweet. It's an, I looked up on Amazon. This book is gay. It's called, and Ian has uh, purchased it right here. On the back, it says, this book is for, underlined, everyone, regardless of gender or sexual preference. This book is for anyone who's ever dared to wonder. This book is for you. They sell it to 14 to 17-year-olds on Amazon. Amazon says reading age is 14 to 17. You can see here at the bottom. Yet in the book, it, it, it teaches you and explains how to use adult sex apps. Yeah, explicitly. So this is, this is what happens. You have... These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. For whatever reason, people on the left, either because there are overt pedophiles or because overt tribalists will will defend anything that the right opposes. You end up with a book like this in grade schools. There's a teacher who provided this book to her middle schoolers and they called the police on her and she was removed. Mm -hmm. and, he, and, and this is what happens. A teacher provided this book to, ten, to middle schoolers. The book shows pictures of sex acts, explains extremely disgusting activities that would cause serious illness. Like, okay, what people need to understand is there are activities that people engage in when it comes to adult stuff that will injure you and give you uh, infections and diseases. And I'm talking about E. coli. And I don't want to be gross, but let's just, I'm, I'm going to have to describe it for y'all. We try to keep it family friendly. So earmuffs for your kids. But the book describes consuming feces. Okay, you, you can die from things like this. Wait, are you serious? I didn't even know that was in there. I knew this was perverse. I didn't know that. It, oh my gosh. I'm, 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 I'm fairly certain. I haven't oh seen gosh. that part yet. I'm, I'm fairly certain we talked about that before. I want to double check, but mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it talks about, yeah. Look, maybe, maybe, and also maybe I shouldn't be so surprised, right? Because there's a lot of perversity associated with the, this particular set of life choices. It, I, I understand where why someone might think this is a good idea because like okay they're thinking kids don't have enough sexual education we need to prep these young kids that don't have good family yes. lives ahead of time it, it does confirmed oh my gosh. yeah here here let me see it no, is it, 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 it is in the book for it that's it dude 
That is sickening. It's that is terrible. sickening. I've uh, jail. Right, and so jail. What happens when? Uh, so to to clarify though, the 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 description is in the glossary explaining what the act is and how to do it. So when parents see this stuff, they say, "Hey, I don't want my kid reading that." And what happens? You get uh, that woman from the majority report, Emma, being like, "I don't believe in censorship. I think it, it, I'm like, should this be in school?" She's like, "Well, I don't agree with censorship." She wants kids to read. But then this you asked her if penthouse should be in schools, and then the conversation just changed after that. Like she didn't say yes, and she didn't really say no. I don't think I don't remember exactly. But it's a good point. Do you want penthouse in schools? Do you want like nudie magazines in for for thirteen and fourteen year olds to look at? There's pictures of nude. Uh, there's a drawing of a naked woman right in there on like page what I don't know one eighty eight or something like that. Like explicit with arrows pointing to the different private parts, and like that's what kids need to understand. Private parts. Those are private. Those are for mm. you. If someone ever messes with your privacy and your private you tell an adult you tell your parents like that is this kind of is just but i'm coming from a different generation man i didn't have the internet until i was like 14 yeah. i didn't see porn until i was 14 i didn't and and for young kids that see slip on to some of that at the age of six i don't know it's a different reality for me how you teach kids about this kind of thing it even has a they they draw a picture of grinder oh my gosh like in the back uh, explains what a glory hole is on page one eighty two, it says, "Note: Grinder is is specifically for eighteen yeah. and up." But Emma here's said how it was you a use good Grindr. book when it was brought up. By the way, too, she's like, "No, oh, it's good." And then you guys were like, "Well, oh, there's, yeah. there's a description of gay there hookup apps, and someone was showing this to ten year olds, and she's like, "Why do you get these anecdotes?" It, it if if a child oh, reads God. this and comes in the back and it's comes disgusting. to the back that explains consuming feces, mm -hmm. you could die. Mm -hmm. Why why would why would Amazon think a fourteen to seventeen right. year old should be reading something like this? Mm -hmm. And they, and they make the argument that oh, kids have access to the internet these days. Maybe they shouldn't. Yeah, like, exactly. These websites are supposed to have blocks on them. You're not yeah. supposed to allow kids to be looking at this stuff. The idea that, well, no, kids can see other disgusting things in other disgusting places, so let's show them disgusting things in their school where they're, they ideally should be safe from this kind of perversity. I understand. It even explains amyl nitrate. Wasn't well, that like bath salts, or is that like how you... What is that? I'm not going to get into it. All right. It, it, it's, it's, it's a substance used in... Uh, like crazy sex parties and all that stuff. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, on 182, they're like, grinders explicitly. This is what I don't get. I understand you want to tell a kid ahead of time things and they got to watch out and for. And here are the life. phone numbers in the back of, of, oh, of organizations to call to get more information and more access. But, That's disgusting. But there's they call a it advocacy. Holy. There's jail. a difference jail. between warning children about what's to come and showing them how to do the things they're not supposed to do. Right. When it says this is for 18 and up, this this app, but here's how exactly how you use it. You upload a photo. And it says, you upload a photo. Like, it tells them you do it. You do this thing. I'm, 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 I'm going to read it piece by piece. It's just so disturbing. Note, Grindr also has an age minimum of 18 years old. It's in bold. Then the next paragraph, how sex apps work, or apps, sex apps work. Upload a tiny pic of yourself to the app. Like, it's for 18-year-olds. Oh you don't yeah. tell them how to do it. Here you go. The, the, yeah. It, also, the idea that you can get away with something like that in a book that's being marketed to children by simply saying, oh, you have to be 18 or up. Well, this stuff is in schools. It's being shown to children. Amazon's selling it to children as young as 14 years old. There was a teacher who was showing it to 10-year-olds. And the idea that you would give somebody a guide on how to use these hookup apps is if it's rocket science and you need a guide to know how to log in. You're clearly directing these kids to do this. Like, you're clearly directing them to do this. So sick. So, so sick. The main point was... Amazon says 14 to 17 year olds. What do you think would happen if you went to a playground with a bunch of 14 year olds and started teaching them how to use Grindr? Jail. 
you'd be arrested. As you should be. Yep. Right. But there. So. But but when it comes to what they're doing in schools, it's all protected. And then when we ask a simple question to to a leftist who comes on this show, comes on the Culture War podcast, why is why? How hard is it for them to just be like, now I get it. Those books shouldn't be in school. Mm -hmm. Instead, they say, I, I don't believe in censorship, so allow it. And I'm like, what? Yeah, no, but if you Nonsense wanted to have argument. a Bible in a school library, right? It, it's so funny how two-faced they are, right? It, 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 and it's clear that they're not interested in either free speech or combating censorship because none of them were saying that schools not being able to teach creationism meant that Christians didn't have free speech. All of the arguments they're making for this perverse nonsense are arguments that they obviously didn't make in favor of people teaching their children their values about the Christian faith. They weren't saying, well, you know, when kids get old enough, they're going to learn about Christianity anyway, so we should tell them about it now. Like, that's kept as far away from public schools as possible, but guidebooks that teach children how to eat feces and use gay hookup apps are not kept away from schools for some reason, and when someone tries to keep it away from schools, we call them a tyrant. That's where our culture's at right Look, now. Parents called the police on a teacher who showed this to their kids, to the great, to the to the middle school kids. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. I'd this like is why Target's parent. getting hit, getting getting stock drop. This is why Bud Light's suffering because these companies they're just marching along like don't know, don't care. We're just gonna do whatever we're told to do, and parents are saying no. Right. Now nah, we we we've had enough of this stuff. There was that. Remember um, the uh, Nick Merckx, the the gamer. When he was like, leave the kids alone, and they went nuts on him. Yep. And uh, I guess what this, the sentiment was, he recently became a father. Yep. Now you get it. Now you're like, how dare you show my children these things? And parents started seeing it, and now there's a backlash. I think this could be the Dem one of the Democrats' biggest weaknesses. Trump was recently at a rally, and he was like, you know, I could talk. He's, he's, I'm paraphrasing. He said something like, I talk about lowering taxes. Nobody cares. I talk about culture war stuff. Everybody starts cheering. Yes. Because taxes are like a boring thing we deal with <laughs> periodically and try and figure out the right number. Typically, we want it to go down. Everybody wants it to go down. But right now, we're dealing with an existential threat targeting children. This has got people riled up like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and again, rightfully so. I'm curious, what, what path forward do you see here? What do, what do you think families should be doing? What do you think it's, it's possible to do within the guidelines of the law also as a lawyer? I mean, who, who can be sued? Who can charges be pressed against for these kinds of things? Look, I mean, it, there's a lot of parents who are stepping up across the country who are, are saying no more and doing things like, I mean, look, if you're a parent and you have a, a teacher showing your kids explicit material, <laughs> you should. I think, and in, in, under the right circumstances, reported to law enforcement. Mm -hmm. But you also have all kinds of other ways that you can do things. You can sue the school district. You can get the, the materials, demand that the materials are removed from the libraries. I mean, just simple steps, showing up, going to school board meetings, showing up, talking to your teachers, talking to your principals. Because, you know, ultimately, you know, we are in that place, I think, as a culture, as a country, where it is in a, we're at a, a societal inflection point, mm -hmm. where's, you know, which direction do we go? Do we tolerate more of this? Because that's what we're going to get if we don't stop it, right? Or do we say no enough is enough? And so a lot of folks are 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 using um, courts, using courts of public opinion to advance the ball and try to defend not 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 I wouldn't say even conservative values. I mean they are conservative values, but just traditional American values, human values, things that have been understood for millennia, and that now are just being uh, tolerated. Uh, like th that book, that book is disgusting. It has me, no place in a school. There's a Snopes highlighted a chapter, uh, a, a, a section from the book. I want to find it in the book. Who put the notes in the book? Was that? I was it? Kara did that. Oh, okay. 
So maybe maybe the notes show uh no. There's a uh, is that it? How to argue with Sodom and Gomorrah? <laughs> yeah, so Ian, Ian and I were going back and forth between the show. He was like reading the supposed, like these objections to the Bible, and they were all very weak. They're all very bad. Yeah, and the, also objections to the Islamic teaching on it. The book instructs pe young kids. I'm going to say kids because it's sold to 14 to 17 year olds. The book mm -hmm. instructs kids how to argue uh, against religion, Christianity, Islam. Uh, I want to talk about gay sex. So, right at the uh, beginning of the chapter that, that, that starts talking about sex, it says, this chapter is about sex, therefore it has sex in it. Well, duh. If you're a younger reader and you feel you aren't ready for the finer details of same-sex pairings, then simply skip this whole chapter. However, before you do, I'd like to remind you that we taught you all about straight sex when you were 11 years old during sixth grade. The fact that they didn't also teach you what same-sex couples do is nothing less than institutionalized homophobia. Straight sex was presented as the norm to make 5% of the population feel abnormal. Is there something icky about gay sex? Is there something wrong with it? I challenge any politician to discuss this with me. I will ruin them. This chapter is simply all the stuff teachers should be saying if they want to be inclusive of people with same-sex feelings. Two things I want to point out. The first sentence, the first couple of sentences in the introduction is, if you feel you aren't ready, skip this. It then says, however, before you do, I want mm -hmm. to remind you, meaning if you're not ready, consider why you should read it anyway. That's kind of insane. But more importantly, when we teach sex ed, in schools, we are not explaining to children how to use bondage gear. We're not teaching children about sex clubs or apps. Sex education is about reproduction. Maybe I'm wrong, and if it's happening, it shouldn't be. But what I understand about sex ed is it's like, here are the reproductive organs. Here's how they work. Thank you, students. Here's the test. Or if they even have one. Mm -hmm. This book is eating poop mm -hmm. that's wild there's there's yeah. there's there's other parts in there that i can't even begin to describe i know i want to be the, i want a full uncensored discussion on this book it but that is so not hardcore. sex ed that is fetish education ed, yeah. yeah exactly it's perversity education and they're and they're trying to justify education. it like yes. well we taught kids how to about general reproduction therefore you should teach them about eating feces like what yeah no. It's disgusting. Yeah, that exactly. That is what's making parents say enough. Well, and yeah. also, I think this is something people fail to realize. Uh, there, there's a conversation I very distinctly remember having in high school. Uh, another student said to me, while we were in our, our sex ed class, and they were com being completely unironic, they said, how do you think people figured this stuff out before they had sex ed? And I said, <laughs> people don't need to go take a class to know how to have sex the purpose of sex ed is to tell you what not to do, right? You're going to get older. You're going to become an adult. You're going to start engaging in these activities. What's important is that when you were young, when you were developing, your parents ideally had a conversation with you about what the boundaries are and the things that you shouldn't be doing because you're going to figure out what you can do. Right? I, don't, I don't think it goes that I don't. I think that's that's over the top. Sex ed when I was a kid was like. Here is a diagram of the male reproductive organs. Well, well, but when I say what not to do, by the way, I'm not saying um, I'm not saying like giving people details on these kinds of things and saying don't do that, kids. I mean just telling them this is this is sex. This is what it does. It makes people, and it's it's something you should do with your spouse and not with someone before you meet your spouse. That's what I mean by what you should not do. Well, it was there to place a restriction to let people know these are the things that are going to make your life more difficult if you do them. Ideally, you're going to wait until you're married. You're going to get married. You're going to have a family. Don't go fooling around outside of marriage. We had a uh, super chat earlier. Someone said, 
that they were out of booze for the rest of the week and they were hoping I would not say two specific words because they, otherwise they would have to drink if I said these two words. Amel? Oh, I know what words. <laughs> I, can I say them? Can I definitely, right. definitely civil? You, you can say it because if I say it, they have to drink, but if yeah. you say it, it's okay. It just points me whenever you want to the phrase. Civil right. war. So we have this tweet from Rick Scott. He said, I'm warning socialists and communists not to travel to Florida. They are not <laughs> welcome in the Sunshine State. Peace! I'm, I'm going to play the clip for you. Senator Rick Scott here. Let me give you a, a travel warning. If you're a socialist, communist, somebody that believes in big government, I would think twice. Think twice if you're thinking about taking a vacation or moving to Florida. We're the free state of Florida. We actually don't believe in socialism. We actually know people... And we, some people in our state lived under it. We know people lived under socialism. It's not good. It's not good for anybody. So if you're thinking about it, if you think about coming to Florida and you're a socialist or communist, think twice. We like freedom, liberty, capitalism, things like that. Say it. Civil war. <laughs> I, I, just, I am kidding, by the way. Yeah. But a, I, a lot of people were tweeting about, tweeting about it and tweeting at me. Yeah, they're freaking out. What? I can't go to the place that I'm constantly claiming is the worst part of America? No, you can't. <laughs> you should be happy. There is something about people. You still can. He's just telling you you I, won't like no, it. No, no, you can't. I'm fine with them thinking they can't. <laughs> there's, a, there's definitely a, an aspect of taking things for granted in the modern age that I don't think a lot of people understand that mm -hmm. if they trash this country, what kind of lockdown could actually, like, what, what could be lost? By the way... The ability to walk around freely and stuff like that. Do, do you think that, like, if, if Gavin Newsom or some governor of a left-wing state went, no fascists are welcome here, that people would be going, <laughs> whoa, he's excluding people based on their politics. <laughs> what about tolerance? <laughs> What's Gavin? happening? What happened to tolerance, man? I, I gotta be honest. If, if Gavin Newsom made a video and he said, fascists aren't welcome in California, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I'd be like, how did you get elected? <laughs> no, right. But like my view is like that doesn't apply to any any of us. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just a, a term that, that means bad guy. Yeah. So it's like okay, whatever. But when when they when he said socialists and communists aren't welcome, leftists legitimately got mad. They were like, <laughs> "How dare you?" They're like, well, "Why not?" Yeah. Why can't? I, why? What, what? What is this? We make everywhere we go better. I saw. I think it was a tweet from Michael Malice, and he was just he said something about like the the fracturing of the of the states is going as planned or something like that. I should I should actually pull that one up, try and find it. But yeah, I mean. I don't take it seriously, to be completely honest, but I do think that when you look at the election in Florida, when you look at, here's, here's what Michael Malice said, our nation's growing ideological self-segregation is proceeding nicely. <laughs> Actually, it's a really good point. It is. People leaving California who are more conservative leaning, going to Texas and Florida, people leaving New York for the same reason. Where does this self-segregation lead to? I just love that he says he's warning them. Potentially, <laughs> not welcome. I'm warning. I'm warning you. <laughs> you're not welcome. A decentralized federation of state authority. I mean, I think that's kind of what we're supposed to lead. That's where we were. That's where we came from. And then what happens when you have? It's one thing when California's a sanctuary state, and they let illegal immigrants, criminal immigrants, enter their state. But then these people who enter can now easily access any other part of the country. So what happens when you're Arizona dealing with a border crisis? And then California keeps their border open, lets people come in illegally, and then very easily they cross in Arizona. Okay, if this hyperpolarization keeps happening, Arizona sets up a border. They set up a checkpoint. And they say, we have way too many people coming in from California that we don't know if our citizens, so we're going to do a border checkpoint. And now you got to show your ID if you want to get through. I, you know, it's reasonable. It's a big inconvenience for 99.9% .9 of the people going from California to Arizona, but... It's maybe for a weekend they could try it. I don't know. That's a, that's this a is big, what I, a big uh, cost. 
and, I, and not that much. Just administrative cost. I'm thinking putting 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 a a, cops a booth. I don't. I don't. I, I don't think it's it, it's that expensive to put a couple booths on a few highways that go in and out of the state. Do like, they would like check the trunk of every car that came by? And no, stuff? they just stop and say, "Howdy, what's your business in Arizona? Where are you headed?" And then I'm just driving through. I'm on the okay. Have a nice day. Can I see your ID, kind of thing. Yep. Got an ID. So if you don't have an ID, you won't be able to go across state yep. border. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying that's where we head. That's that's where we go. If we're we're, we're getting to the point where, you, look, we've already talked about how in some of these blue states. There's child sex change sanctuaries. There's already the fear. This is what I'm worried about. Some kid on TikTok sees all these videos, finds a book like this, calls the number, meets a stranger on the internet who says, I'll drive you to Washington and get you your treatment. Effectively kidnapping the kid, bring him to Washington. And Washington says it's legal. Now, what happens if you're in Montana or Wyoming? Wyoming is the number one Trump supporting state in the country. What happens if you're from Wyoming and someone takes your kid and brings him to Washington? Now you've got a very, very serious border dispute because Washington said, oh, that guy who kidnapped your kid, he was doing your kid a favor. And then you say, I want my kid returned to me. And they say, no, because you're the criminal. Federal government doesn't intervene. What happens? You are going to get Mon Wyoming being like, we're going to set up checkpoints to make sure people aren't kidnapping children to bring them to Washington for for uh, for lewd and lascivious reasons. Yeah, you've got to have the feds. The feds are supposed to They're protect. not going to do it. That's the only the only way to prevent these states from going rogue is to have federal enforcement and oversight. You need then, to protect. Then you're talking about stronger federal law enforcement and we don't have that. And if anything, the feds will protect Washington and the kidnapper. That's so messed up. Yeah, even under Trump, even under Trump. Trump made the Why? mistake of thinking that these people would operate any differently. What do you mean? Who uh, who are these people? The the, federal, the FBI. Trump 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 literally thought I can't. That dude made all, so many mistakes in trusting these people yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah, it was like he was on autopilot. That was weird. I think he just actually had faith in the system. I think Trump thought it was busted, but he could fix it, and he saw the general good in the, you in the United States. I think now it's the opposite. Now he's like these people are corrupt. The whole thing's got to go. But it, this is my point. When we're looking at Rick Scott jokingly say socialists and commies don't come here. And then the left actually gets mad because they actually are socialists and commies. Like we're, we're, we're heading to a dark place. How would you guys define socialist? What would make somebody a socialist? Mm, Public ownership of the means of production. Yeah. So, so yeah, communism is like worker ownership over the means of production. And then how socialism is different from communism changes based on who you're talking to. Some say that like social I, I think as a general rule when you look at how they've operated in the world communism usually happens because of like some revolution or state takeover and socialism is usually voted in but that's not actually definitive well that they um some some say socialism is economic and communism is political yeah well people say communism encompasses everything right so yeah. even your culture becomes modified by it where socialism just refers to econ uh, but there are a bunch of different ways people define it, and I've heard it defined even by official sources multiple different ways. So, so like it's, every communist state is socialist, but every socialist state is not necessarily communist? Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. What would that be like state ownership is communist, but if it's just state... Communism is, is typically characterized by a, a single party controlling everything in, in like an authoritarian, authoritarian mean. Mm-hmm. And gulagging people disappearing people socialism is where the people own everything socialism can actually it, it, socialism is interesting because there's like a threshold for it right if you're looking at a, a spectrum 
you could argue America's a capitalist country, right? Yeah, except half of our half of our money is taxed and goes to the public. So actually, the United States is not a capitalist economy. It's a mixed economy. At a certain point, you can call it so. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Socialist or capitalist? What's that line? Up to you. Maybe 70%? If 70% of your income is kept by you and 30% goes to the public, that's the threshold for being a capitalist country. Anything from 70 up to 100 of the money you keep is capitalist. And then anything in between is mixed. And then... 70% taxation and higher is socialist. I don't know. The, to, to be fair, it's not just about government taxation. Yeah. Socialism is basically like the workers own the factory. Communism is like everyone owns everything, but there's actually a military in control and they'll execute you if you disagree. But it, it, it can be it can be a bit uh, uh, vague. The simple thing is socialism is basic economics. The further you go towards the public owning everything is the further you go towards socialism. The further you go towards private ownership, the further you go towards capitalism. Mm -hmm. And capitalism is better. Yeah, of course. Unquestionably. Yeah, I, I think also, like, just in terms of how the word is usually understood, um, communism has much more baggage associated with it uh, on the cultural question, which I think is part of why people associate it with a complete cultural takeover. And because that's also what you saw in communist states like the USSR or communist China. And so people people will almost view socialism as just sort of a moderate form of communism, but that's not really an accurate way of looking at it either. We have, we have a lot of people pointing out there already are border checkpoints. Some saying when you uh, gen you generally stop at state borders to pay tolls already. Mm. So those could easily be modified to stop and check your ID. Other people mention that there are way stations and agricultural checkpoints already between states. I'm saying it becomes like country to country effectively. Arizona's dealing with a mass influx of illegal immigrants. Texas is as well. At a certain point, they might just be like, we have to control our borders. But that would be like if someone, because there'll be vans and trucks, you need to stop the van, come around out back, open the van, it's, look through the their stuff. Yeah, dog walks around the truck. Yep, absolutely. That's a lot of, a lot of labor. It sure is. And I'm yeah, saying it's a bad thing, though. It, uh, whether you think it's good or bad is not the point. What matters is. If we are by, if we are if we are segregating to this degree, it will happen. When when COVID happened, they had checkpoints. New, uh, mm. uh, I think Connecticut had checkpoints because they didn't want New Yorkers fleeing oh, yeah. because of the lockdowns into Connecticut for safe haven. So they were like checking license plates and stuff like that. Yo, crazy! And who would have ever thought that would have happened before COVID? Right? Yeah. To your point. Now it's it's like, you know, Europe used to have checkpoints between the countries, and then you get the European Union, the Schengen zone. But I think the U.S. actually headed in that direction because you're going to you're going to have, I think, Wyoming and Washington are a really good example. I think you got Idaho in between. But so maybe it'll be Idaho, actually. Idaho's a pretty conservative spot and they're going to get issues. Wyoming's going to be like, why are you allowing these people to take our kids through your state? And they're going to say, OK. And Wyoming's going to be like, we expect you to cooperate with us on law enforcement. So Idaho is going to be like, we got this corridor that goes through, goes to Montana to Washington, whatever. We're going to set up checkpoints. It's, I think, what is it, one highway? It's probably, it's probably some smaller roads, but I think it's one highway. Up north, yeah, it's one highway. I'm actually fearful of how the federal government might try to crack down on that. 
Um, I, I, well, I could just see if yeah, you have a, a, a regime that's as far to the left as the one that's in power now well, is, and that wants to push for this mutilation of children. I could imagine them saying, "No, you can't. Uh, you can't tell someone they're not able to pass through your state in order to get their quote unquote gender affirming care." To, to be to be fair, there's one federal highway, one big. It's I ninety, right? One mm-hmm. interstate. But that's then right. there there are a bunch of smaller roads, smaller state highways. Yes. But to, to but to be completely honest, I can count them. Yeah, it's not a lot. I can go all the way. All the way, what are we looking at? Up north, you mean? So from if I'm if I'm looking at just out of Washington, you can you can man, it's really annoying. Yeah, it's rugged up there. There's one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And in wintertime, a lot of those ten. Will be, yeah, ten roads. Yeah. So if you got to the point where Washington, act, there actually was an issue of kids being trafficked into Washington for child sex changes, and states like Idaho were like, no way. I mean, actually, let's use Idaho as an example, relatively conservative place. They don't want their kids being brought there. So what? All they need is 10 checkpoints? 10. Yo, that's 20 guys. 20 guys on rotation working a border. Yeah, and like I said, in the wintertime, a lot of those places are not even... You can't navigate them. They're like covered in snow. There's no way through them. It's mostly just going to be one or two roads. They might exit to another state. You'd have to have your entire border blocked off or covered. I don't know if you do that. It's it's so rugged, dude. No, Ian, it's 10 roads. Going yeah, the west? whole the whole border. Bro, they, you're they, just they, talking about the western border. Going going east. Yes. If you're in Washington, it is ten roads out of Washington. You have to go south. Oh, they said Idaho. Okay. Into Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. So Washington into Idaho. There are ten roads. There's probably many smaller ones, but there are ten main roads, one main interstate highway, and then I think a couple state highways. And I counted on the map, zooming in, even to the small ones, it looks like it's about ten. So I'm not I'm not saying I know for a fact it will happen. I'm saying if this is the path we head down. Abortion is also a big issue. What happens if, I've talked about it before, yeah. you, got, you got a man and a woman, they're together, they're maybe married, they, they get pregnant, start fighting. Woman says, I need to leave this guy for whatever reason. And he says, I forbid you from getting an abortion. And she says, you can't. Idaho doesn't allow it. So then she goes to Washington and he goes to the state and says, she's kidnapped my child. Hmm. A better example is states that have completely hmm. banned it. I think like what like Oklahoma banned it outright. Is it Oklahoma? Who banned it outright? Texas. Texas banned it. Out- Are you sure? Let me double check on that. Um, yeah, well, after, is- I mean after. I mean after. Uh, heartbeat. No, no. Heart- at, at no, no, no. No, no. There's been. I think Oklahoma was a total ban. Yeah, I mean it might have been Oklahoma had the total ban. It looks like there are so. Um, the New York Times actually has a tracker for which states have done a, a complete outright ban. So a full ban in effect versus six week ban it does look like you said idaho or did you say no 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 oklahoma oklahoma yes oklahoma does have a, a full-on ban full-on like. ban that's so, also if we're going to go with the N-word. and then colorado right um so let's say someone uh, uh, there's a couple in oklahoma something happens and the woman says you know what i just don't want to have this baby because it'll 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 keep me locked with this guy colorado is it's it's right on the this is crazy they 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 share a border Colorado, let's see, is uh, what, what road do we got here? 385, Campo to Boise City. So you can have a woman who's in Oklahoma drive 100 miles, cross the border into Colorado where there's no restriction at all. What happens when that father says, my unborn son has been kidnapped and is going to be executed? What does Oklahoma do to prevent that from happening? Nothing. The federal government won't do anything either. You're going to have border checkpoints. But- and Oklahoma's going to be like, ma'am, why are you leaving? Why are you going to Colorado? There's going to be serious, just outright. And, and even the left agrees on this one because the left has talked about this. 
that they're going to be trying to stop women from fleeing to get abortions in states where it's illegal. Yep. I think that what I brought up, you need border. If you're going to do that, you need like border protection on, on the entire state of Oklahoma. Because although it does share a border with Colorado in one spot, people could go through like New Mexico, the nope. west, and then go north. Or they could go south and then west and north to avoid that get, border and checkpoint. They can, and they can get on the plane. The they point go to is, Kansas and then west into Colorado. Ian, so you would need a, a robust no, you wouldn't. border patrol you're, system. You are incorrect. I mean, if you're trying to prevent people from leaving the state, that is not, not. the way to go. They're, they're, they're going to try and prevent specifically... The, the the trafficking for the purpose of abortion. But how would you, how would you would have to get her to say she's doing it at the border crossing too? And why would she just be like, no, we're just I'm just going on a vacation? Ian, I think you misunderstand. That's irrelevant. They you will get enough people in Oklahoma who will be like, we demand a checkpoint. Well, but do you want like, to like it's do like, it's facial like Simpsons, recognition, Simpsons, eye scanning, and like DNA you, you, you testing? Too? Like, what do you want to do? Ian, you completely misunderstand. Simpsons Bear Patrol. You guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bear one day wanders through Springfield, so they all panic and demand a bear patrol and get it. It doesn't matter what you think they need to do. Need is immaterial. If enough people say, you know, I, I, I had a girlfriend, she got pregnant, and then she, she crossed the border to get an abortion, and now my son is dead, was killed, or my daughter was killed, they will just vote, and the state will do it. And sure, you could argue it's ineffective. That's not the point. The point is people will say it, and it will have to happen. You cannot have two states side by side where one has totally banned abortion and one has totally unrestricted abortion. It is very obvious what will happen. Oklahoma will say to these women, it is illegal to get an abortion. The women will then be like, I'm going to Colorado. And they'll say, we're setting up a checkpoint at the border to Colorado. And then we're going to arrest you? I mean, what's the... Yes! It's for, illegal. For what? Arrest her for what? It's illegal. They totally ban... What's illegal? Crossing the border? Okay, Ian, you don't get it. I 100% get it. She has not gotten an abortion at this stage of, of illegality you're claiming. Okay. So what's illegal? So when there, there, there is a prosecution, okay? Donald Trump, let's use the, Trump as an example. Did Trump break the law with classified documents? No. Yes or no? No. No? Hillary Clinton had classified documents. She wasn't prosecuted. Joe Biden has classified documents. He wasn't prosecuted. Donald Trump has classified documents. He does get prosecuted. Mm -hmm. So what's the crime? It doesn't matter. A state prosecutor will find something on the books. Show me the man. Show me the crime. My point is, if Oklahoma says it is illegal and a woman traffics an unborn baby for the purpose of terminating its life, but, they will say they, they will treat it as if it's murder, period. Yeah, but they'll the say this is unknown. That's the point that I'm making. They they argue this in court. This is the purpose of an indictment and a criminal trial. So. You, you can't make the argument that you drove the car at a high speed, crashed into a person and they died and say, well, I mean, you can certainly make the argument. They'll be like, we don't know exactly why they did it. Yep, you, you, did, you, you did. Okay, you did. The woman will come back from Colorado having gotten an abortion and they'll say, now we know oh, exactly why she goes back to the state. Yeah, she's probably right, going to so she'll have to flee out. Right. Yeah. Bro, I'm telling you. But the arresting point, the point her is the, this. at the border, I don't know about that. You cannot have these two states coexisting this way. Yeah. The left made this argument that states will start setting up like police forces because it's illegal not even not even not even not even an original opinion from me i'm like i agree with what they're saying it, it feels like a dumb heavy-handed this thing to say we'll just put cops there and then it will stop like no one believes what, that how how well, deep do you want no to go no one believes that ian no one believes that we'll just stop because they put cops there they're saying we want cops to try and do something because the only thing people ever say is do something do something Mm -hmm. So they'll do something, and, and that's could, what you'll it get. It could be worse than doing nothing. 
Absolutely. But I think most people would argue it's not worse than doing nothing because you'll get a lot of people in Oklahoma who are like, we need to go get an abortion and the cops are going to be at the border and they're going to be like, I can't do this. Turn around. Or there'll be like, people will be like, we suspect she may get an abortion. We have an anonymous tip. Let's tap her phone lines. You're because right. That's You're dirty, correct. dude. That's you, are, you are right. Now, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Oklahoma, like big I don't think Oklahoma criminalizes the woman, though. They criminalize the practice. So I think the doctor is the one who gets in trouble. Mm -hmm. But that what you need to understand is I am not talking about the, the, the world is not a machine that like human civilization is not a machine that functions on logic. I, I, I love this idea when it comes to, to business contracts. I hear all the time from people who don't know how to run businesses and they seem to think I can't remember what movie I was watching. It was like someone had a contract with a company and then they, their, their, their whole like their, their whole company got seized or something happened and they were like, this is absurd. How could our company be taken over this way? And then they went to the court and the judge was like, I'm sorry, it's right here in the contract. And they're like, no, no. And I'm like, courts don't work that way. Like you can come to an agreement with someone and a judge can nullify it. Judges are human beings. They can be like, this is ridiculous. People seem to think that contract law and, and, and legality is like, I'm sorry, sir. It says right here, there are judges who literally have imprisoned children for cash, regardless of what the law says. We know human judges basically can do what they want to do. They can hold you in contempt and lock you up and just end your life, basically. And then you can beg. They can do these things. There, there are judges. Look, Trump is the perfect example. Let's, let's, let's jump to the Trump story. Let's talk about Donald Trump. This is a perfect segue. Here's a story from Fox News. Trump reacts after leaked recording shows him discussing classified documents. Former president tells Fox News Digital he did nothing wrong in secret document case. I have the audio here. Let's play it. Sick people. That, but, was, that was your coup, you know, against you. That's well, it started they, right at the like beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a coup. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying yeah. to overthrow your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. <laughs> Wait a minute, let's see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm -hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. <laughs> this is secret information. But look, look at this. You attack. And Hillary would print that out all the time, you know. <laughs> she'd, send it, no, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner. Yeah, yeah. The pervert. Uh, <laughs> by the way, isn't that incredible? Though? Yeah. I was just saying because we were talking about it, <laughs> and you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what? He said the papers. Wow. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Right? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out a, a yeah. See, as president, I could have declassified. Yeah. Uh, now I can't, you know, but this is yeah, classified. Now, now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so, I'm, look, we here and I have, and you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, it's, I believe it's you. It's incredible. So there you go. That's basically it. And here's why I brought this up. For one, it is, it is, it is a big story, but my point is this.
Hillary Clinton had top secret information on her private servers. Mm -hmm. She had her phone smashed with hammers and she used an open source purging software to destroy all of those public records. Comey said no reasonable prosecutor would bring these charges. Joe Biden had classified documents in multiple locations. Maybe they'll bring charges against him. Doesn't seem likely. But Hillary is the really obvious one. Mm -hmm. Before an election, Comey said, no, we're not going to do that. That's ridiculous. And she wasn't even the president. Donald Trump has classified documents and they say, give him 10 years. The view is, is screaming, lock him up 10 years. This is the point about anything pertaining to legality or law. It doesn't matter what you think is right and what should be done. What matters is people with power wield it. The left certainly understands that. The right has this problem of being like, you know, but is it, is it allowed? And the left is just like, do it anyway. Mm. And that's where we're at. The Biden DOJ going after Trump on charges that the Obama DOJ would not bring against Hillary. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I kind of want, can I ask you a few questions about this just sure. as a lawyer? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So when Trump says, I could have declassified them or should have declassified them, is that an admission that he didn't declassify them properly? And is that going to be held against him? Well, look, I think that one of the things that we're all missing is the context of these papers that you can hear in the background. What is it that he's actually looking at? Mm-hmm. What, and what is he, what is he actually flipping through, right? I mean, it's, 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 you know, is he flipping through some kind of a description? Is he uh, uh, flipping through some kind of a picture? I mean, we don't know what was actually in front of them, but I think one of the things that that matters here is what Tim just pointed out, which was Donald Trump was the president of the United States. Hillary Clinton was only the secretary of state. Uh, You know, Joe Biden, the records that he's talking about are records he got as vice president or previously as a senator. Right. And so classified documents are controlled by the president of the United States. Documents are only classified secret, top secret, confidential because of an executive order from the president of the United States. All classification authority derives from the president, with one limited exception set by Congress about atomic atomic energy-related documents. And and so you have this whole kind of, that that's one angle, and a lot of people have been talking about that, but one of the things that I think is an interesting thought that I, I hope folks start to think through is you have all this discussion right now about Oh my goodness, President Trump violated the Presidential Records Act and those weren't his documents and he couldn't have those documents. Those are the people's documents. And I'm sorry, for me, from coming from a first principle standpoint under the Constitution, the Congress of the United States has no authority to tell the President of the United States which papers are his and which papers aren't, right? That is ultimately under the Constitution, the President of the United States has to have that power to decide which documents are his. And so if he has that power, then how can he, and then he takes those documents with him, which is the standard practice of presidents for almost 200 years. George Washington took his papers with him after he left office. And it was actually the subject of a court case later on uh, down the line. He, he deeded them to his nephew. So, so how is it now that we fast forward and Congress passes this Presidential Records Act in 1978 Jimmy Carter signs into law and says, oh, well, these are all the people's records and the president no longer has, you know, kind of a, an ultimate say so. The president possesses the documents from the first instance and has that absolute authority to, to do so. Then how can he be prosecuted under the Espionage Act for unlawful possession of these documents? It's insane. I not, mean, it just doesn't make sense. But not only that. First, we're going to we're going to find out in a week or so that there's something more to this video where like right after this clip, Trump goes, I mean, these aren't actually any of the real documents. The real, the, the real, the, these are just, you know, memos 
It, it'll be something like that. Right. And you'll be like, oh, I wonder why that context wasn't provided because the media does this all the time. But then let's get down to it. Let's get, let's get down to it. First, what does this audio prove, if anything? Donald Trump is an idiot? Maybe. Is that it? Is it criminal? It, it, it's not. I, I, I'll tell you, in two seconds, Trump's legal team is going to be like, he was bragging. He was lying. They're not, it's not real. Those are not, the, the, docu the papers you, you hear in that audio weren't even those real, real papers. Where was this audio recorded? Oh, it was in this room? The papers were in a different place the whole time. You, you, you can't see anything. You can't hear anything. Someone's saying something about, look at these papers. They're secret. Doesn't prove he actually had secret papers and showed them to anybody. Right. So it's, it's circumstantial at best. It does. It, it is bad for Trump. Don't get me wrong. But they're acting like it's this big bombshell. And my thing is, you know what I think? I think Trump was just speaking off the cuff and, and being a braggart. And then when it actually came down to the legal matter, he said, look, I'm the president. They're declassified because I say so. And that's his argument now. I don't think this tape does anything. All that's going to happen is if you're on the left, you're going to think it's a bombshell. If you're on the right, you're going to say it's stupid. As, and I'll, I'll tell you this. If the left says trump must get 10 years for this actually they do they do let me pull up the, the the little little article here we got from mediaite lock him up already the view gets wild as host suggests trump selling docs predict he gets 10 years in prison okay all right i'm down yeah you know hillary's next in line let's get it and then of course we can get obama on that killing that 16 year old american citizen bring them all bring, bring them all let's lock them all up she said that joe was, biden next he was selling documents i mean it's just these people are insane oh but the point is the reason why this tape doesn't matter is because we know Hillary Clinton had top secret information. We know that she had no authority to have it. We know that she had uh, phones with the records on them destroyed with hammers. We know that she had uh, the, per the server purged with bleach bit. And Comey said no reasonable prosecutor would bring charges on this. So then am I supposed to think it's reasonable for Trump to be charged? No, of course not. Well, I I'm, I'm curious, again, as a lawyer, what do you think this does in a court of law? Like this kind of evidence? I mean, it, it really depends on what gets admitted. And there's all mm -hmm. kinds of tests for what gets admitted mm -hmm. and what gets heard and what the, the jury can see, assuming it goes to a jury. Um, but again, Tim's exactly right. His lawyers go in and they start punching holes in this. Well, how do you know? What documents was he talking about? Do, you, do we have witnesses who can re recall and they'll take the stand and they'll tell, oh, they'll testify. Oh, yeah, it was this precise document that was mar marked top secret, no foreign uh, you know, your eyes only uh, document, and he was showing us all of these precise battle plans. No, I mean, I, I very highly doubt that, and Tim's exactly right. Every time we see one of these things play out, which is, I think, what the most Americans recognize now, is that every time we see one of these allegations, is whether it's three days or three years down the line, there's more to the story. And that the left just keeps coming at him and coming at him and coming at him with everything that they have. And it's always, this is the last straw. This is the death knell for Donald Trump. The walls are closing the in. The walls are closing yeah. in. And every time there's more to it. And I think that the left is destroying its own credibility the more that they do this because the average Americans sitting at home, Kansas, Georgia, you know, Nevada, wherever, they see this and they say, why do they keep going after this guy? This doesn't make sense. Like, they, they, they just keep coming after him. It's it It, it just... It's counterintuitive. It doesn't make any sense to that. I, I do want to give a special shout out to Donald Trump for trusting the corporate press all the time. He just he just he just loves allowing these people to come in all the time and just let them record him and all this stuff. He keeps giving them interviews. It's wonderful, isn't it? I, I don't get that's the part of it that I don't get. I never but got it. To, to go back to the channel, the, the initial segue to this. This is my point. When we were talking about the borders and Oklahoma banning abortion, Colorado allowing it.
It doesn't matter what you think the law is. We talked about this the other day. Cohabitation in West Virginia is illegal. Mm -hmm. Are they going to bring charges against you? Only if they want to search your residence. Show me the man. I'll show you the crime. So let's say you're in West Virginia and you're an activist and the state's like, this person's causing us problems. Can we find a crime that'll give us a justification for searching their residence? They're cohabitating. That's illegal. Boom. We got them. I still want to look up that law. I haven't been able to find it. So like cohabitation is in living with someone of the opposite sex you're not married with or yeah. in a relationship with? Beast. <laughs> for like, <laughs> I couldn't find the law. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's not about doing what's right. But the reason I was concerned with the whole setting up border checkpoints thing is because I, I'm looking ahead at what problems that could arise from a social movement to install border patrol, whether or not it's legal, whether or not it's righteous, that it could end up causing more unnecessary spying on the, the people themselves that, un, you know, unexpectedly, they didn't realize what they had unleashed on themselves by creating some sort of patrol office around them. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Try to be pulling up that law. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, this is weird. So, yeah, how long is this? Uh, Lewd and lascivious cohabitation when persons presumed to be unmarried is the law. 61.84. But it does say whether married or not afterwards. Interesting. Oh, so like you're, you're doing lewd and lascivious things even within the context of marriage. They're basically saying you're being a freak. Right. Uh -huh. Get out of my bedroom. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. If, Okay, so to, to, be, to be specific, it's not, it's not about just cohabitation. It's about fornication. It says, um, it says in, in prosecutions for adultery and fornication, lewd and lasciviously cohabiting together, the persons named in the indictment shall be presumed to be unmarried persons unless proof to the contrary. Hmm. So I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that the laws... Oh, fornication means unmarried sexual intercourse. Mm -hmm. That's the first yeah. I, I never put that together. I think... I think what this is saying, I could be wrong, but I was talking to someone about it recently and they were like, yeah, wh what are they called? They're called blue laws or whatever. They're archaic laws. Nobody enforces no, them. No, they don't enforce them But anymore, this is like exactly. if you're making a noise violation with your lady and you're not married, they might be like, yo, stop. And if you oh, don't stop oh, and you oh. don't stop and you yeah, don't no, no, stop, no. they're like, hey. Okay, I get it now. If any person's not married to each other, lewdly and lasciviously associate or cohabit cohabitate together, they shall be guilty of a misdemeanor and upon conviction be fined not less than $50. Yeah, like that, to clarify... If you are not married and you be hooking up, it's illegal. And it's like, I think that's particularly if you're hooking up in public. Like they can no, they, they, no, it's well, in your house. No, if people can sense that you're doing it inside, like they walk by, no. they hear the noise, they see it in a window. Because lewdness, they wouldn't know unless they were there. It actually clarifies, or whether married or not, be guilty of open gross lewdness. That's a separate separate clause. So what I read was specifically saying, if you are not married and you are lewdly associating and cohabitating then you will be guilty of a misdemeanor. If you are married or not, and, and uh, be, be guilty of open or gross lewdness and lasciviousness, you will be guilty of a misdemeanor. So anyway, yeah. that's my point. Yeah, they don't prosecute that stuff anymore. But I guess, I'm actually, if they tried to today, though, if they, were, if they were going after somebody they didn't like, and then this was the justification, it would almost certainly be struck down. No court would convict somebody. Dude, that, that's, 
there's an issue. There. Lewd is such a vague term also. But all, all laws use terms you struggle to define, and then a judge mm -hmm. interprets it. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Wicked, yeah. it means wicked. So let me explain, Ian. A, a woman is, a, in Oklahoma, abortion is totally banned. It, it's a total ban, right? Ian? I mean, uh, I, let me, yeah, so, yes, yes. There total. is, so the places, yes, yeah, exactly. Oklahoma does have a total ban. Um, now, now what we'll need is a judge's interpretation of what then would you call taking a pregnant woman carrying a child that the state deems to be a child across state lines without permission of the other parent? Would that be kidnapping? Mm. Yeah. What I'm saying Good is, question. if this can, 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 uh, continues in this way, you will get to the point where the interpretation of the state in Oklahoma is that a child carried to another state for to be put to death does it is it, it, irrelevant whether it's in the womb or out of the womb. Mm -hmm. If a woman carried a physical child across state lines to bring it to a place to have it killed, they would view it identically to a woman with the baby in the womb doing the same thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually curious about the law. I want to look into it, but I'm not sure if the laws that are banning it are also defining it as homicide. I wonder if some states that's, ban it without I, characterizing it as homicide. That's why I'm saying right? a judge yeah. will have to interpret it. Yeah. Because if uh, you this, it, this is inevitable. Not that a judge will say it's homicide, but that the interpretation will be have to be have to be handed down by a judge. Mm -hmm. You will get a circumstance in Oklahoma, and it's probably already happened, where a woman gets pregnant, goes to Colorado, gets an abortion. There will be a lawsuit or some challenge if slice when she returns, and you will have so you know you, you will have the father or some family member being like, that was illegal, and then filing some kind of claim and demanding criminal charges for it. It's an illegal act to terminate the pregnancy. She went and did it in another state. What will the judges say about that? It'll have to be interpreted by somebody. Yeah. I think Oklahoma, based on this trajectory, will lean towards it is child trafficking and murder. That's wild. Child trafficking is interesting because if like an eight month, if a woman's eight months pregnant and she's like, hey, I'm going to see my mom in, in another state. And the dad's like, no, you're not. Not this week. She's like, uh, yeah, I am. I have the tickets already. And he's like, no, you're not going anywhere. And she's like, I'm leaving. And she leaves. And it's like she's trafficking a child. The dad goes to the court. Absolutely. Like, That's yep. Uh, no, that woman has every right to go to her mom's house across state lines, in my opinion. And with then a, with an eight month old in womb. And, and then and, and then two two things happen. One, yes, there'll be circumstances where women will be unjustly halted from living their lives. The second, there will be women who will lie about traveling to visit their parents in order to terminate the life of the child. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, also, if if you're pregnant, um, if you just have a child in general, I think it'd be very strange for you to go somewhere without your spouse wanting you to go there. Uh, I'm sure you have like some abusive relationships where the husband is a maniac and the woman has a reason to leave, but that's, that's totally different. I think we're headed towards, uh, as the states fracture, Wait, you know, don't say, is this the word I have to say? Yeah. The phrase I have to say? <laughs> no, I think so. I wasn't going to say anything. You're okay. jumping the gun. Okay. okay. I, um, I was going to say something, something dark because it starts with the, the, the political polarization of, of people into certain states. Then the championing of, fed, of, um, federalization, like, states being sovereign but but then you have to contend with the fact that if colorado and oklahoma are distinct entities with very with extremely different laws you will need border checkpoints hmm. this is the this is the fracturing of the united states the point where oklahoma will have to have a border checkpoint with colorado yeah I, it's also very um it's very interesting because I, I wonder in 20 years where all of these states are going to be we've seen states change from red to blue over time and 
it's possible. Look, the entire country in, in many ways, especially on social issues, has moved significantly further to the left. In terms of legislation, I would say in some states, abortion and uh, in general, gun control are kind of the two issues where we've moved to the right as a country. But for the most part, the trajectory has always been to the left. I'm, I'm curious to see if there's going to be a backlash in some of these places that are blue might start to turn red. Um, that's also, again, not me saying that's going to happen. I think that could be wishful thinking. But on the, on the, on the point of immigration, to, to uh, add to what you're saying, Ian, they already do have random stops in states. When I, when I first went to California, I, went, I entered through San Diego from, from the... Tijuana? Uh, no, no, no. From uh, Arizona into California oh. to San Diego. And uh, I was on a bus from San Diego to L.A. and we got randomly stopped by immigration. And they boarded the, the 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 bus and they demanded everyone pull out their pull out pull out their IDs and I pull out my ID, and they go and they look and they hand the things back hand it back and they came up to me and the guy looks at my ID and he goes what's your favorite baseball team, and I was like I don't like baseball. He's like you got a favorite baseball team and I was like well I'm from Chicago I can say the Sox I guess but I don't really watch baseball and he goes you're fine, hands me the ID back. The reason he asked that is he wanted a fast question that you'd have to be able to answer really really quickly because if you were an illegal immigrant you wouldn't have a canned response to it. So they already do stuff like this. If Arizona is worried about the southern border crisis, if Carrie Lake got elected governor, she would have to answer the question of the illegal immigrants coming from California, not just Mexico. Mm -hmm. I saw a video uh, uh, from Jorge Ventura on the border, and there was like immigrants are coming up, but they couldn't get across. They're stuck at some wall or something. They've been there for three days just camping on the border, waiting to get across. Dude, what is the what is the solution to this this board? I mean. There isn't. Oh, I don't even want to say it online, man. I just have I such mean, horrible, horrible visions of what could happen if we don't stem the tide. It, we have to. I mean, it, and, and really, this is not overstating things, but in the Trump administration, towards the end of the Trump administration, they had solved the border crisis, right? The number of illegal entries, successful illegal entries, which is the goal of every illegal alien, is just to get into the United States. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, I mean, they don't care if they get captured or if they sneak across or whatever. Their goal is to get released. Yeah. Their goal is to get released in the interior so they can work, they can provide for their family, whatever, send money back home. That's, that's their end goal. And so under the Trump administration, what ended up happening was these policies like remain in Mexico, where you had to say, hey, look, we caught you, but now you're going to wait in Mexico. And if you have a court claim you want to make, you're going to make it for Mexico. We're going to let you in to, for your court date. But other than that, you wait there. That dried everything up because people realize you don't actually get your end goal. What this administration is doing is, you know, they were letting in all kinds of folks. All kinds of folks were coming in because they were just catching and releasing everybody. <clears throat> but now what they've done is they've done a paradigm shift where they're directing people to the ports of entry and they're trying to, to hide the ball from the American people. So there's, oh, the numbers between our ports, the number of people crossing illegally, they're going down. They're still astronomically high. Those numbers are going down. But instead, what they're doing is they're sending them to the ports of entry and they're saying, go to the port of entry and make your case there. And uh, what the government is doing is by the tens of thousands every month, actually letting people come to the port of entry, make an appointment, Tell them who they are, and they just let them into the United States. And you, well, you can go to your court date someday, five years in the future. It's insane. It has to stop. No country can sustain this type of influx. 
Nobody can. Do you think like keeping them in Mexico was is the best solution or that, just keeping them on the other side of the border? It happens to be Mexico. You have to either do that. You have to detain people long enough for them to have some kind of a court hearing um, to adjudicate if they have some kind of a claim or you have to avail them of all other alternatives like safe third country agreements that we'd signed with Mex- uh, with uh, uh, Guatemala, El Salvador and Honduras where it's a, hey, look, you, you're seeking asylum in the United States and you're from Guatemala. Well, guess what? You should have sought it first in El Salvador. Or you okay. should have sought it first in Mexico, whatever I, the case may be. I have an idea. Mm-hmm. What if we got a big island and that was like a waypoint? If people entered, they get brought there for, for temporary holding. So here's, here's the issue. It's easy to be like, if they illegally enter the country, turn them around. You can't. Because it, what if they're not Mexican? They come through the southern border and they're Honduran. We can't then go, hey, Mexico, we're putting this person into your country. They might say like, no, you can't do that. We don't know that person came from. And... Sometimes for a lot of these people, we don't even know if they came through Mexico. They may have come through other ways. They may have flown here, overstayed their visas. So what if we had an island where it's like, uh, if you enter here illegally, we will detain you, transport you to this this island where you will be uh, detained temporarily till we can figure out what country you you originate from, figure out proper means of deportation, or if it's a genuine uh, um, uh, case of asylum. Now, I think that makes sense because you can't just push them back. And the challenge will be, of course, finding the appropriate location. But I think there is an island up in the northeast somewhere that we could potentially use. That's <laughs> no, very nice. Yeah. And you know, it's yeah, it's, 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 it's associated with grapes. There. Long Island. Yeah. 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 No. Yes. Not Long Island. Long no. Uh, uh, you know, maybe Rikers maybe um, a vineyard of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. I think yeah. it'd be very nice. Hmm. I, I actually really like that idea. <laughs> they have plenty of resources to care for these people too. In fact. Diversity is our strength. I I think I I actually think that Martha's Vineyard can't afford not to have all They'd be the very strong sent there. With all that It'd diversity. make them very strong. It'd be good for their economy. All the things that they say are are true for the United States, you know, should be true for for Martha's Vineyard. Let's send them there. In fact, part of, I think it would be even a little bit greedy of Martha's Vineyard to just accept all of the the migrants. But you know what? I'm willing to give them uh, be be nice and 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 do them the favor. They deserve it. They're they good people it. up there. They're good people. Yeah. yeah let's, let's give them the benefit. <laughs> I want to point out, I, I actually pulled up the, the actual West Virginia Code, 52102, lewd or lascivious cohabitation. No persons not married to each other shall lewdly and lasciviously associate and cohabitate together, or whether married or not, be guilty of open or gross lewdness or lasciviousness. Quite literally, you cannot live with another person and engage in adult activities with them unless you're married. Mm. I right? wonder if, uh, if people have OnlyFans accounts... Or do porn from West Virginia if they could get arrested under that law. That's open. Yeah. That's outright. Mm. Yeah. So we were looking at these laws because they were doing drag shows with kids. And I'm like, pretty sure it's already illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jefferson County explicitly banned it. Saying like, this is explicitly defined as, you know, against the law. Berkeley County, which is a little further west, it's not explicit. But West Virginia state law clearly covers having a drag performance and allowing kids on stage. Mm. The question is, will the AG actually do anything about it? Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to see if law and order means anything. I'd like to take that lewd law off the books in West Virginia. That'd be like a... It, laws should sunset. I feel... Yeah, exactly. That one... Yeah. It's too vague. You're going to have an uphill battle. The and people of West Virginia will never let you remove that law. If you have an indecent relationship with your living girlfriend, they're going to give you... A, that's crazy that they could charge you... And, with a misdemeanor. Based. But I think it's only like a $50 fine, right? Is that what it said? 
Something like that, like up no. to six months in jail. Though. Up to six months. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so Fifty dollars or six months in I jail. I think that's what it said. That was like pre-inflation numbers. Yeah. That updated uh, the law. Yeah. Let me. Uh, what does oh it say? Goodness. Six. Uh, uh, not less than six. Wow. See, that's the thing. Fifty bucks was a lot of money back I then. I know. Dude. I yeah. know. Sixty yeah, bucks says, was worth. Like, no, no, not less months. than fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Less than, yeah. Shall be fined. That's how you know it's, it's old. Yeah. Shall be fined not less than $50 and may in the discretion of the court be imprisoned not exceeding six months. Okay. And upon repetition of the offense, they shall upon conviction be confined not less than six uh, months or more than 12. Wow. Wow. I mean, I would. It outright says fornication, too. I would love to see the stats from historical stats to see just how many actual of those prosecutions were brought against cohabitating couples versus how many times it was used to prosecute things like uh, prostitution houses or other mm, things that, you know, yeah. that was their way of getting at it back in the day. That, I mean, that would be my uh, supposition, but I don't know. You know what's funny? Is if you go back like 100 years when this law is on the books, you've got some conservatives sitting around a, a pub table being like, these liberals, they're, they're advocating for fornication in the privacy of their own homes. That's illegal. <laughs> And it actually was, and people did it, and now it's not illegal. And it's still illegal, but nobody enforces it, and a court would probably not uphold it if they tried to arrest someone for it. Yeah, the court would not uphold that today. Right, Absolutely but it's on not. the books. But, so I mean, you, that, you that tell is, me, though. If, if, you know, if, if your client called you saying they were getting charged with this, would you panic? Would you be like, I don't know if I can get you out of this one? <laughs> nope. <laughs> you think you could do it? Wow. Is that not social erosion, though? Well, I mean, certainly, certainly it is. It's social erosion, social uh, cohesion is always found in societies where you share a set of values and whatever those values are those are the values that are shared by the community right and we can judge them by today's standards and but uh we shouldn't um you they there was at least a shared unified idea that there was some kind of fundamental truths and some baseline morals that everybody agreed to and that carried forth those that's what enables people to have trust in relationships and with each other and build communities and when you erode those things, and when you do things like when we have these drag shows with with kids coming in, uh, coming to them, and parents bringing their kids to these things, that erodes all of that rapidly. And the, we can see we can see the immediate effects, but I think the downstream effects, the ripple effects, are the things that we we haven't yet seen that are the tears yep. in the fabric of our society that we're going to see down the line as a result of this that we're not even experiencing yet. In in today's reality absolutely agreed and you, you made this point you said i don't think we should judge the people of that time by our moral norms quite frankly i think it would be much more painful to be judged in our time by their moral yes. norms but do you oh think, yeah like social cohesion or like shared morality should we have that on a global scale i don't know that you can have it on a global scale yeah i don't think so like where does the, where does it segment righteously it used to be every state and then mm -hmm. it was like, now we have the United States, so it has a moral. But like, does it ever, did it ever really have a true, a real moral, shared moral value in the United States? Or was it always like pockets of I think so. disparate morality? I mean, I think it was, you know, the Judeo-Christian kind of Protestant ethos uh, uh, that, that formed kind of the core of the common values in the United States. They carried forth things for a couple hundred years. And now, of course, as the more of those died down and religion was... People will worship something. Yep. And it's a matter of what are they worshiping, right? And so it used to be they would worship, they would go to church, they would have a different religion. Maybe they would be Baptist, maybe they would be Methodist, whatever. But religion in that traditional sense for many people, especially on the left side of the spectrum, has been replaced with worship of things like transgender ideology. Money. Right? I see Money. That a lot. The self, all kinds ultimately. Of other things. The self. And if 
it's what are you worshiping? What are you following? You're following something. You just don't might not know what it is. And they, so if you're not following, if you're not worshiping uh, your your God, um, you're worshiping something else. And a lot of times it comes down to money. And for, for a lot of people, and unfortunately a lot of kids these days, as we see the statistics bear out with the number who are self-identifying as LGBTQIA++ or whatever the acronym is these days. Well, I just saw a thing today. It said 20% of like Gen Z kids identify as being a member of that of that group that's not coming from a place of, of a shared, you know, morality shared set of values where, where, where things are acceptable and things are not acceptable. That's coming from a sense of worshiping self, worshiping the latest thing, the, the ever shifting norms of the left. And they're, they're not tethered to anything. They're always going to be moving to the left. There's no core anchor that holds them together. Kind of like conservatives, there's at least some common values that we we hold and that we will always it'll be our mooring that we won't stray far from theirs is always shifting always moving yeah no i i think that's right and what what i would say is when you look at a very broad social scale you know people did believe different things in different areas but anywhere where things have functioned with a very large group the people at least shared the natural law the ten commandments but then they had their own kind of regional customs I think there are laws that are universally applicable that that all humans should follow. But then there are certain kind of regional laws, uh, you know, built atop those universal laws in different regional stories and in myths and pastimes that can't scale out to groups that are too large. Like th th there are certain things that historically, traditionally and culturally make more sense for Tennessee than California or vice versa. So you can't have a universal social cohesion in the sense that everyone's on board with all of the same stories and customs. But I think you can you can ideally have a moral code which is adhered to by everyone in the world. I just think it's unlikely. I, like, I think it's very unlikely that everyone's going to follow the Ten Commandments. We want them to. Every culture should expect that, but even that it probably won't happen. So that's why when it comes to smaller things that are, are more regional, I mean, I don't think there's any hope of exporting that stuff. We, we, we did that in one episode where we went through the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. and we were talking about, from a secular perspective, whether they would apply to making a better life. And I think, like, the only one that doesn't apply to a secular life is keeping the Lord's name and uh, not using the Lord's name in vain, mm -hmm. but like not killing, not stealing, not adultery, honoring your parents. Whether you're religious or not, following those rules, you will have a better life. Yeah. yeah well, and the, the thing about the Ten Commandments is they're they're not just specific rules; they're also categories. So taking the Lord's name in vain. Um, it, in, in the most real sense, condemns taking the Lord's name in vain, but there's other things we extrapolate from that, just like using language properly or improperly, using foul language is like a lesser violation of that commandment, but still a violation, so I think even that would apply. Let's go to Super Chats! If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're gonna have a members-only uncensored show coming up for you just about 10pm, and if you've been a member for at least six months or you sign up at the $25 per month level. You can submit questions and even call into the show and uh, talk to us and our guest. All right. I'm not your buddy guy says not to be too hyperbolic, but is this America's last election? I mean, can you imagine sharing a nation with two vastly different ideologies? It's as if only a Julius Caesar character can save the West. I don't know about last election, but I do believe we are entering a very tumultuous period with this election. Think about it in a couple of different ways. Will Trump supporters vote DeSantis? I would say two to, th two to one, no. 
Will DeSantis supporters vote for Trump? Two to one, no. Hmm. You know why I think this? They've said it. DeSantis supporters have outright said on Twitter, if it's Trump, we're not voting. Well, okay. What about Joe Biden? RFK Jr. It is so divisive that it is just going to be chaos. Will Democrats accept a Trump victory? No. Will Trump support accept a Democrat victory? No. Where we go after this? I don't know. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It seems yeah. like, I don't disagree, a Julius Caesar character. Like, we're entering, it feels like we're at that crossing the Rubicon moment well, that from the Republic to the Empire officially. We're always vulnerable to it, but I, it strikes me more like we're in another sexual revolution that's mm. less violent than the one that happened in the 60s, but there's more media coverage, so the little bits of violence that do happen get blown out of proportion. Sexual revolution? I, I would say it's yeah, more it violent. feels like another violence. sexual revolution with all this trans ideology being yeah. pushed in schools and things like that. I... I, or, I Oh, sorry. Oh, go for it. No, no. I mean, I agree. I, the, the, I, I agree. Um, I don't. Except, I would say I don't think it's another sexual revolution so much as it is the inevitable fallout from the first. And I yeah. actually think it's more violent. The violence is just being done to children. I agree with Jameis. But how do you define violence? But it is explicitly violent. I mean, you've got people going around smashing things, destroying things. It's violent out on the streets. In the 60s, it was pretty bad. I didn't realize it. And every once in a while, I hear about like how much there was like terrorism, the weather underground, like no. bombs. Like it was crazy violent back then with a lot of death. But there was, I, don't think, I, don't, I think the weather underground only killed what, like a couple people? They were more about structural damage. And it was shock and awe late, at, late in the night to scare people and terrify. It was like overt terrorism. But yeah. for the amount of fear that people have been whipped into in the last five years, it is not robbery. that violent. The system is, has, does not seem that violent. I get really, I'll watch a violent video and then I'll wa I find I watch it three or four times. And I'm like, did I just watch four bouts of violence, even <clears throat> though it was the same thing four times? Because I feel like it happened four times now all of a sudden. Hmm. All right, let's, uh, let's grab some more Super Chats. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, my guy, some good news. Your call to create culture has, is being heard. I got a sneak peek at Salty Draws comic book. Silence, do good. It slaps. I really think you and others will dig it. Right on. Very, very glad to hear it. We we need to get that. I, we got we got we need someone to run the grant program. However, we're doing. I have no idea. Like I say these things. Like here's the thing I want to do, and then it doesn't happen because like someone has to yeah. run the program. But we want to do a thing where once a month we give ten grand to someone for their cultural endeavor. And you know, a lot of people are like, I want to do a podcast, and it's like, eh, you know, like this eight billion podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if like you're gonna paint something or do a series of paintings or something, or you're a comic or music or I don't know. We one thing we definitely want to do is more bands for uh, Trash House Records. So we have uh, another song in the works, but we are working on uh, signing a, a very large uh, musical enterprise, and then we're looking at a few others too. So we're really excited for that. All right, what do we got? Dina Dino Carosi says, My, Mr. Timothy, is your coffee ever going to be available for order up here in Kami, Canada? Mm -hmm. I need a damn fine cup of Roberto Jr. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to figure it out. International shipping. We've got to figure that one out. But the answer is it will eventually. We're hoping that in 10 years, it's a big brand. It exists everywhere. For that matter, I want to give Mr. Beast a shout out. That dude's amazing. Oh, I love him. He's got candy bars. Yes. He's got cheeseburgers. Feastables. Feastables. Yes. Feastables is his candy company. So yeah. check this out. Mr. Beast is doing everything, and I think that's fantastic. Uh, his candy bars have five ingredients, 
I was at 7-Eleven and I see these things. I'm like, I look at it and it's like cream. It's like milk, cocoa, sugar, and there's like no garbage in it. Thought it was great. They melt really easily though. Mm. But that's that, that's in, very inspirational to me. I'm I'm how old is Mr. Beast? Like 26. I got like a decade on this guy, but he's 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 hitting the nail on the head with the hammer. He's got his show, and so what does he do? He's expanding all of his business in a bunch of different areas, and I think he's doing good things. Cheeseburgers are fantastic. Not the healthiest thing in the world. But the fact that he's making candy bars that actually get rid of a lot of the gunk and the garbage, I think is a positive step yeah. forward. So I got mad respect. He's for actually 25. 25. I got 12 he, years in that He guy. got invited onto the Titan submersible. I, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't go. Turned it down, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, if candy bars are not good. But if we can replace the garbage plastic candy bars with basic ingredients candy bars because of people like Mr. Beast, we're, we're moving in a positive direction. A little bit of them is okay, but the addictive quality of sugar is what's really the, the challenge. It, once you eat one piece, you've got to kind of set it down and, and not let it over, overcome. It's true, dude. It's true. Dude, we have wine, wine berry season has begun, and it's like nature's Sour Patch Kids. When, when you get them when they're per perfectly ripe and big and red and juicy, it's more like a Swedish fish. They don't actually taste like it. But if you get them just before they're red, there's a little sour tart to it, and it is so good. And there's like 50,000 of them yeah. right behind this window right here. It's amazing. Tim, Tim picked some, and he's like, hey, here, why don't you try one of these? And then I like started eating it. I was like, wait, have you had one of these? You're like, no. I was like, wait. Is it, <laughs> that was going to kill me? That was the cherry, I think. Oh, okay. Not okay. the wine yeah, berry. Yeah, why don't you try one? That's right. Dude, that's we right. made wine berry right. ice cream. Ago. We took an ice cream machine, and then we took the wine berries, and we just threw them in. And, and the most amazing thing happens. It breaks the wine berries up, but doesn't pop the, what are they called, droplets? Oh. The little little pods. They freeze. And so when you eat the ice cream, you have little frozen droplets that basically pop. It's amazing. It's so good. delicious. Yeah, we're going to make. Um, Let's do that again. We're going to make wine wine. We're going we're gonna to make, we made jam with it. Plus we got mulberries, but I'm allergic. I can't have mulberries. We have Allegheny and Himalayan blackberry everywhere. Nature's great. Oh, yeah. Nature's yeah. good. I want to do more ice cream. Yeah, we, we want to do, uh, we want to make, uh, oh, and we got, you can, you can tap black walnut trees mm. for syrup. Really? Wow. Yeah. And they say it tastes like butterscotch. So we're going to make a black walnut syrup because we got big black walnut trees everywhere here. Uh, black walnut oil, I think is like a, a, a good medicine for, uh, super excited for, uh, like anti-parasite medicine. Mm. It's yeah. used in parasite cleanses. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apparently the black walnut nut is actually anti-parasitic. Wow. I don't, I don't know enough about that to yeah. get anywhere near that. Apparently you can't eat them. But I read that you, so there's farms out here that actually sell, it's thick, dark, but, uh, um, uh, black walnut syrup. And it's like, it's like syrup. You can put it on pancakes and whatever else. It's like butterscotch. Nice. And so we're going to, we're going to make some, we're going to tap the tree and it takes a long time and you got to filter it, boil it down, filter it again, boil it down, filter it. Very excited. Plus we do have some maples. We're thinking of tapping, get some maple syrup too. Super cool stuff. Yo, it's crazy. You walk outside and I have this app called Picture This and we can see all the different edible fruits and stuff. Yo, the grapes are everywhere. From mm -hmm. a distance, you like you like aim it and it tells you. Take a you? picture. Yeah. You take oh, a picture wow. and it's like, this is the plant. There, There's an insane amount of grapes. The, the vines have taken over everything. Wow. Yeah, nuts. When you're like driving into the property, you can probably see like 7,000 grapes. Yeah. yeah, you can. Yeah, like they're there, getting bigger and bigger. There's lots of grapes out there. Grapes, sorry. Yeah. All right, let's grab some more Super Chats. What have we here? Mahill said Ford did a 2024 Ranger with the militant pride flag as a paint job. And there you go. Hmm. All right, let's see. Max Reddick says, I heard you mention in a previous segment that maybe you will invite Sam on the Culture War podcast. I think how Emma looked after her segment really showed who she is. You should consider doing the same with Sam. The, the, I, think, I think we won't. And the reason is 
when you know we what ended up happening was like we something came up where we ended up talking about the majority report and then emma vigiland hit us up saying she wanted to come on the show because they know that we're basically like we invited sam on before he played us and used it for drama and clickbait so i said no more not, not doing it she came on the show and we offered her a tour of the property we offered her sushi she stood in the center of our skate park and met some of our staff and then afterwards she lied and claimed she didn't see the skate park we didn't show her around and it was the weirdest thing ever it's because they're just lying to get clicks. They're apparently upset now because we ran a segment that says leftist defends, you know, uh, adult uh, adult book and and uh, dating apps for kids. And they're angry, but she literally she literally defend. said it was a good book. <laughs> I was actually shocked, right? Because I, I I've seen a, a bit of of her content on the Majority Report. I responded to one of the videos they did, but for her to come say something was a good book without knowing and what that, was in it was shocking to, to me. Emma, in the and, book and in then, question is this one? When but you bro, I opened, out, I opened yeah. Genderqueer and showed her, and she goes, "I don't care about that, and I don't believe in yeah. censorship." I'm sorry to interrupt you, Shane. But no, I, no, I don't, no, I'm, I'm not trying to rehash that. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to make a point just about Sam. The reason why I don't want him on this show is because what do we like to do? Serious conversation around these issues and our passions. What will Sam do? He'll come in here and he'll like jump from the rafters and body slam the table clip and do farm. other. But we could talk yeah, about clip, socialized clip, medicine clip and why no, like people taking over risk kind of violates he'll, the ethos of social medicine. He'll, you know, he'll, like, he'll pretend to misunderstand something to make you say something to make a clip out of it. Yeah, that's what I want. They, I think, that, that's what they do. And then he'll lie about what happened when he came here, like Emma did. I think I have a bulletproof so, defense on socialized medicine. And, and, and anyone and that thinks and we, we need this. that is crazy, in my opinion. At first, when Emma said she didn't see the skate park, I'm like, did she not realize she was standing next to like she she Maybe she walked past and didn't realize there's ramps everywhere and rails and a seven-foot-tall vert wall. And then I was told by the staff that she actually stood in the center of it after they parked their car and she walked through it. And it's like, okay, so she's just lying. That's if we invite Sam on the show, if you invite Sam on your show, that's what he does. When I invited him on Twitter, he he lied and said, yes, I'll come on the show. And then damn me privately saying, I'm not going on your show. It was a trick. It was a, it's 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 just let him. You know what? By all means, Sam, do your thing. If you're just making reality TV, make reality TV Dude, under the guise of politics. I'm fine. down I'm for gonna, whatever. I'm do I just can't stand talking about them. I, I would love to either never mention the majority report, Sam Cedar, Emma Viglin, never mention them again and keep doing what we're doing or have them on, get over no. it, and then never mention them again. We're talking about them because we just had them on, Emma on last week and now they're lying about what happened for clicks. So it's, it's become something we'll talk about. Will we talk about it in three days? Probably not. Uh, this weekend, I was wrong. I said we were going to have two guests on this Friday. Yeah, next Th week. That's next week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This mm -hmm. week, we will have an, a good show as well that I think we'll probably end, probably be talking about abortion or something. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Should be interesting. That next week is like stacked. Not this Friday, but the next Friday. Yes, the next one. Pardon me. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Week. It's a lot. Yeah. Very excited. It's going to be cool. We should, uh, I'll, I'll reach out to our guests to talk about like promotion for the shows because we'll make like graphics for it and everything. Yeah. And then if they're cool, which they probably are. I just don't like to say things before because, like, I'll give them a heads up. Right. Although they may have talked about it already. I like the graphic for the Emma Vigland episode that you guys did. How it's kind of oh. fading and there's, like, graphics in the background. It's really cool. Mm. I didn't make On it. The I don't know. Let's grab some more Super Chats. Daniel Domasix has greatest side hustle. Buy Bud Light for 12 bucks, get $50 <laughs> rebate, and make content destroying Bud Light. Double dip, monetize on both. Well, I think the rebate's up to the purchase price. So actually, the hustle would be to buy Bud Light, get the rebate, and then, you know, walk around with a cooler at baseball games or something, which well, you, you should not do because yeah, you can't sell alcohol. I'll, but I'll, I'm saying that would be a hustle. I'll also add this. The reason they're giving the rebates is because they want you to take the product because it's worse for them if you don't. So, they have to pay to get rid right, of it. Exactly. Right, right, right. Bud Light 
is in more pain when you don't take their product because they have to pay to get rid of it. That's why they're doing this. Do not take the rebate. Don't try to do any kind of hustle. Do nothing with this, all right? They need to feel the pain. This is interesting. Sam, Sam Urai says, we need a strictly enforced tiered internet with ratings like movies and TV shows. We must have this discussion in Congress and pull up actual porn for congressional record and seconds for Americas to see. This is interesting because in the early days of the internet, we were all very much 100% pro-free speech. You should be allowed to post whatever you want online. <laughs> then we saw what I, people were posting and we're like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe this free speech thing isn't all it's cracked but up hold to on. Me. There are limits to what you're allowed to do in public. Of course. And so right now we have the worst of both worlds. Mm. You are allowed to go in public with pictures of aborted fetuses and protest against abortion. You are not allowed to do that on the internet. Hmm. They, will, they will delete your content. They'll ban it. They'll say it's graphic and offensive. So the internet is allowing the worst porn and stuff, censoring political debate. It's the worst of everything. You cannot go into public and show lewd and lascivious activities of adults you will get charged for, you know, breaking the law. Like, it's, 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 that's not free speech. Unless you're a teacher for whatever reason. Then, well, then but, right, right. But I mean, like, you're not uh, going to get in any trouble. Talking about what we should be allowed to do on the internet versus the real world, I think it should be comparable. You can't go into a, in Times Square holding a big picture uh, or holding up a TV that's playing porn. Mm -hmm. They will immediately come and be like, Turn, take this down. You can't do this. It's illegal. But you can do it on the internet. You can do it on Twitter. If kids can have access to it, we should seriously question whether or not it should be allowed. At the same time, you can go into Times Square with pictures of aborted babies and protest abortion. They can get mad at you about it, but that is free speech. That's protected. Based. And pe and, but people do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in a lot of places. And so, but if you go on Twitter and do that, they'll flag you. They'll censor the video and say it's it's inappropriate. Yeah, I mean, also, internet, like, if, if I think this may have changed under Musk, but if you just misgendered somebody on Twitter, like if you don't right. use someone's fake made up pronouns, that, that could get you kicked off Twitter. In real life, you could do that. So we need to make sure kids don't have access to obscene content. It should be a crime to be sharing it with kids. Or mm -hmm. let me put it this way. Right now, you have these porn websites that are like, are you actually 18? You click yes. Like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Imagine if a guy was outside in the street and he had a bunch of nudie mags and a kid walked up and he was like, are you old enough? And the kid said, yep. And he goes, works for me. Yeah. Imagine if there was a casino and a, and a 10-year-old kid walks in and the security guard goes, are you old enough to gamble? And the kid goes, yep. And he goes, works for me. Yeah, that's what I just right. went to AB InBev's website to find out if Stella was one of their products. And it was like, hey, wait, before you view our website, are you 18? Enter your date. And I was like, Yes, and they're like, imagine, okay, good. Uh, how do you I, I didn't imagine going anything. to a I bar? Yes, a ten-year-old kid who walks into a bar, like, hey, hold on there a minute. Are you old enough to drink? Yes, works for me. <laughs> like, it, that, that's not how it that's works. A, there was there's a classic bit from the first episode of The Simpsons where Bart sits down. He goes to get a tattoo, and the guy goes, "Wait a minute, are you 21?" He goes, "Of course, sir." And he's like, "All right, take, take a seat." <laughs> it's a weird, weird conversation because the internet's not public. It's not the public like we know the public before the internet. Like, it, it's you do it from your own home. If you're sending an email to someone, there's no public activity going on. If, if it's a website that everyone can access, technically we consider it kind of public. But if someone doesn't have a computer, they have no ability to access it. So uh, it's not really publicly available unless you have money to buy a machine to. No, no, it. That, that that's like saying it. If someone stands in Times Square with, with a picture, it's not publicly accessible because you can't travel to Times Square. Everyone can travel to Times Square. So, everyone can walk there. No, they can't. Yeah, everyone has access. Foot foot traffic. You, no, not, yeah, everyone can get there. There's no like... That's not true. Financial... If you're if you're in Seattle, you're not going to survive a trek to oh, New York City. Oh, but you could. You could do it legally. And physically, you physically could, could take a bus and go there and walk there and be there without having to... 
Well, technically, you'd have to buy the bus ticket, I guess, in that position. <laughs> right. But, I'm saying, like, if you just walked, you would have the resources to do it. But if it was now, like, you can make the argument, you can go to a library because the computers are there for public use. Or you can see the images on a TV in a, in a, in a, in a, in a bookstore uh, display window. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, it is publicly accessible. Just because you don't have the means to do it is not is not the publicly idea. accessible way, I, I is different than public. I guess I want to mention something, Tim. You mentioned that there needs to be stronger age verification on uh, pornographic websites. Aside from someone just going, "Yes, I am 18." Yeah. In Utah, they implemented a law requiring strengthened yep. protections so that children can stumble on porn. Uh, and what Pornhub did was they boycotted Utah as a result. That's right. So said, nope, we don't want to show stuff Funny. to people in Utah. It's like, well, that's a win on both fronts, but also you are making it abundantly clear that it's yep. extremely important for your business model mm-hmm. to be able to show pornographic content to minors. I want, I want, I want to mention something. You mentioned the 21. Someone asked you for 21. We went, we went out to eat like a couple, like a couple months ago and we were ordering drinks and the waiter was like, are you 21? And I was like, no. I'm 37. <laughs> what? what am I supposed to say to that question? Are you yeah. 21? No, I'm not. I'm older than that. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. I was like, no, I'm older than 21. Like it's, a, it's like a weird question. You're at least 21. Exactly. Yeah. Are you 21? No. He's like, wait, what? I like, think yeah. a better formulation would be, have you 21 years? Because well, if that's you have 37 years, you do have 27. You do but have that, 21 years. That's actually how they phrase it, I think, in yeah. like French and Spanish. Tienes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like how many yeah. years do you Tengo, have? Tengo, yeah. And then, like, do you have at least, Do you have twenty-one years? I do. I have more than actually. I do. Yeah. Are you twenty-one? No. Mm-hmm. All right. John uh, John Stewart says when I had sex ed in high school in the nineties, it was about contraception use and STD prevention, mm-hmm. and we had to have signed parental consent. Yeah, that's what I. remember. You mean they didn't about. give you BDSM education and talk about <laughs> eating poop? They guess, did talk about. I guess how, those were the dark ages, Tim. Even in fifth grade, they told me it was like nineteen eighty-eight or nine or something. They said like it is pleasurable and abstinence they have accepted abstinence doesn't work is a thing like they weren't saying don't do it they were saying if you do it be very careful use a condom and they were like because stds and, and pregnancy that was yeah. like the, the ethos this, this is a good the one. idea that abstinence doesn't work hey. comes from kinsey and all that data was fudged and yeah. Ta- well that was a funny thing too about when we had emma on because she asked me two things that didn't apply to this show or me she asked me if like well what, what if should they allow the bible in schools like isn't the Bible? I was like, no. I think there's things in the in the, in the Bible that parents should probably be talking to their kids about. Like, uh, uh, what is it? Um, Ezekiel twenty three twenty. The the, the meme uh, verse talks about emissions of horses and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, that's like something yeah. the parents probably. So so sure. Yeah. And then she asked me if I was in favor of abstinence only sex education. I was like, no, of course not. It's like, oh, like dude, like what do you think? Yeah. But uh, well, let's. Uh, what was I going to read? Badass I just, super oh, here we go. Thomas TJG says, Reuters claims that every living president are descendants of slave owners except Trump. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a you minute. Know They're all descendants of slave. Well, his mother was white, so maybe her ancestors were. Trump's. It's oh, because man. I think Trump's. Uh, uh, didn't Trump's grandparents immigrate here? Yeah, they were I from Germany. So. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that they said that about Obama, too. They just threw him <laughs> yeah. in there. Great. Wait, did. <laughs> is, does that. Hold on. I want to look that up. I want to see if it's yeah. true that Obama's grandparents. I, I was. I saw this great, article great, great earlier. Grandparents. Yep. No way. Yo, but that's 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 not shocking it's for not. the United States, right? Like no. people, need, you need to realize what that means. It means that slave owners were raping slaves. Like mm. it's, that's screwed up. Mm. Yeah. And so there yeah. are a lot of oh, people in this country who are black who are descendants of slave owners yep. for for very messed up reasons. Often, when I explain to people why, you know, my whole life I was told I was Korean, and then you know found out that I was part Japanese. It's not for good reasons oh, that my boy. Korean ancestors have some Japanese in them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I, I, is is that why they talk about it? Because I would imagine if you're if that was in your ancestry because of uh, a, a slave being, you know, 
abused by an owner that you wouldn't like consider yourself a descendant of them. No, you still are. Mm. I'm just saying there was that there was that um, black activist woman. I forgot. And they Rachel like, Dolezal. No, no, no she what? wasn't really black. <laughs> no, there was like a prominent uh, black activist who found out yes. that she was a descendant of. Who was that? I don't remember her name, but I remember the clip. Yeah, and everyone started laughing about how funny it was, and I'm like, guys, that's not funny. Like that proves her point. Oh, that boy. proves yeah, her activism. Right. That's a good point, dude. They were they were trying to make it seem like that's because really she point. was against racism and like fighting all this stuff, it was somehow discredited because she was actually a descendant of slave owners. And I'm like, no, that bolsters all of her arguments. Well, and also that's to a be horrifying like, thing. To be like, yeah, you're against this thing. Then why did your ancestors do it? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. I'm like, I tell people like, oh yeah, for most of my life I said I was like, you know, part, part, part Korean, but now I know that I'm 5% Japanese. And they're like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, actually, it's not. Like, it's kind of, <laughs> actually, it's not. <laughs> no, it kind of is. I don't know. But it's like kind of horrifying when you think about it. Yeah, not a lot, not a lot of good things were happening over there a long time ago, yeah. if you get my drift. All right, let's see what we got. GS059 says, Ian, people demanded gun-free zones. Now there are signs everywhere. It doesn't matter if they work or not. That's a good point. They were like, hey, we don't want guns here, so put up a sign. And then people are just criminals, just going to criminal. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Not going to stop them. Powder PZ says, why aren't we talking about the actual content of the audio tape? Not just that one line. They were trying to force him to evade Iran. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, he was yeah. like, look, Millie, Millie drew up these documents to invade Iran. That's why they're going after him, partly. Because Trump was like, we're not going to invade this. Are you nuts? And they were like, we want to. And you're going to do it. Trump didn't start any new wars. That's why they don't like him. Partly. Why they don't like him. It's a big reason. Oh, th th this, okay. I'm totally sidetracking here, but I just realized when you mentioned the thing about Obama potentially being the descendant of uh, people who own slaves, but but Obama's not a descendant of slaves. Like, his his dad was from Kenya. Yes. Right. He's not the yeah. descendant of American slaves. Yep. Um. So if, if he does have right. slaveholders in his past, that it, it would have been like, it wouldn't have been because a slave was I still don't abused. think that matters, to be completely honest. Like... I, look, I don't, Jefferson was a slave the, I don't want to punish people for the sins of their ancestors, but at the same time, you know, you can imagine that being used against any Republican. Thomas Jefferson owned slaves. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of really, really awesome ideas. Mm -hmm. Owning slaves was not one of the good things he did. Yeah. However, the, the ideas and the seeds that were planted by the founding fathers led very quickly to the abolition of slavery. Look, people point out that the, um, the Commonwealth countries abolished slavery well before we did. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Uh, and then we had to fight a massive civil war partially over slavery, yeah. over the issues around it, economics. It's more, a lot more complicated than that. And a lot of people died because of it. And, you know, so I, th I think the, the founding documents and the founding fathers, for all their faults, planted some, some good seeds well, what that made this country fantastic. I would agree. And, and people will argue, well, the founders wanted the United States to be this new free country, but then they didn't put anything in the Constitution that forbids slavery. Okay, we're not going to get the 13 colonies to ratify the Constitution and the Bill of Rights if you had something in there that banned slavery. It doesn't mean that all of the founders were in favor of slavery. It, it, it just right. means that as a political reality, they were not going to be able to have their system of government pass unless the colonies ratified. And if they couldn't get it to pass, then they would just go back to England, which yeah. was not based on principles of freedom. And so there would be less reason to believe slavery, whatever. And the, the power yeah. that Thomas Jefferson had was a lot of it was because of the slaves that, w that he owned uh, doing his labor for him. And without that power, he wouldn't have been as influential and able to go to Congress and be a congressman and all those things. So it, it was, you know, it's double edged sword. The cranky Gen Xer says, wait, I don't know what that means. I'm not going to read that one. Dave Dowell says, Ian, Cali has border checks for produce.
They check random cars, not just farmers. True. If a state wants checkpoints, it's legal. Also, the whole point of defunding the police is to create a national police. Yeah. Mm. I don't many know many people pointing out that there are checkpoints for uh, fruit laws. Yes. California and Nevada. Yes. Crazy. Yeah, actually, I think wine berries are illegal to transport. Interesting. Because yeah, of the so, bugs? That come no, out? because they're an invasive species. They choke out other plants. Oh. Mm. Yeah. But they're so good. They are massive. and They're raspberries. Yeah. They're, they're a Chinese kind of raspberry. And they're called wine berries because people make wine with them. Mm. And uh, we, in, we intend to harvest them and we're going to juice them. We're going to make a syrup with the wine berry juice. We're going to like cook it down, maybe add a little lemon juice and some sugar. Oh. And then we're going to use the pulp to make cakes and cookies. Yeah, yeah it's going to be awesome. And we're gonna make Dude, ice I'm cream. Pumped, to be honest, so great. We're gonna make ice the cream. Ice cream machine's really fun. You like <laughs> scrape it; it's getting well, cold on well, the top. We have two. We have the yeah. one that automatically spins, and then we have the the cold sheet yeah. where you you pour it on, and then you really? scrape it and mix it around. Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, you can buy them on Amazon. Good fun stuff. All right, let's see what we got in the old super chats here. Ian Kinney says, "Did you reach out to Ice Cube for the Culture War or IRL?" I think somebody did. I don't handle booking, so he's going on a tour. He is? Well, not a musical tour. He's going on a tour to talk about how he can't stand the, I don't know what he's, the global economic order. I'm not sure. He's, he's frustrated about something. He wants to let people know. The gatekeepers. Ice Cube? Yeah. He's Ice Cube a, says a, a the Twitter gatekeepers, he's going to bypass the gatekeepers and do shows and stuff. Uh. All right. Bryn Terranova says, is Trash House taking demo submissions? I don't know. So uh, solicitations are very, very hard. I think we'll have to confer with Carter on how we want to handle that moving forward. And then he's basically in charge of it also. But uh, I will talk to him about it. We have a new song coming out shortly, and we're in we're negotiating with another band about releasing some songs that I think are absolutely fantastic. So we'll see what happens. And then yeah, we want we want more absolutely. Let's grab a couple more here. Is Monster says I can't believe I really heard Seamus say societies survived because of the Ten Commandments. Let's just ignore all those other civilizations that existed before Christianity killed everyone else. Hold on, no no no, that that's completely ridiculous. Uh, people had something approximating the Ten Commandments in very many cultures throughout world history. And if, if your culture ended up rising to a point of prominence, where you were able to amass wealth and have a large-scale civilization, it's because you were following something approximating the Ten Commandments. Mm. Dude, you cannot have a functioning society and you cannot build wealth if, if one person is sleeping with every woman in the community. People are committing adultery. People are stealing. People are killing. What's happened in various societies historically is as they become wealthy and as they've become insulated, certain people who were very high status ended up being able to routinely violate those moral principles without suffering consequences and there wasn't the same christian framework to tell them that even as powerful people there would be eternal consequences for their actions but people at the bottom of the hierarchy and people who were living in a state of nature basically always came to the same moral conclusions and if they didn't come to those moral conclusions their tribe never rose out of its more um natural state to build a large-scale civilization. I guess the Aztecs well, that, is all I'm thinking about. They weren't really large-scale, I guess. Yeah, well, no, no, no. So, But but even the Aztecs, right? The the Aztecs had a horrific culture, and, and I acknowledge that there have been many horrible and satanic cultures throughout history, but the, the masses were not encouraged to do things like steal, kill, and rape, and if they were, then those civilizations crumbled. And let's talk about that in the Members Only yeah. Show. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, head over to TimCast.com, click Join Us, become a member, because the Uncensored Members Only Show will begin in a few minutes, and you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a good fun. 
You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me personally at Timcast. Gene, do you want to shout anything out? Hey, just uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, go to our website, aflegal.org. Check, check out all the work that we're doing on censorship, parents' rights, everything, fighting the culture wars for everybody. I make cartoons. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes and a website called freedomtunes.com. We're releasing a video this Thursday about the Pride Month that wasn't. I think you guys are going to enjoy it, and I think you'll also enjoy the video we released last week where I reviewed a bunch of Pride Month memes. I fixed them. I actually made them funny. It's a 10-minute long video. I think you'll like it, and there's a 30-minute long cut of it behind the paywall. Head over there, check it out. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. Have an extremely awesome evening and day tomorrow as well. Have a great week. I'm Ian Crossland. Very happy to see you guys. Happy to be a part of the show good to be here gene people are gonna follow you on twitter it's at america first legal that's though it's a one america one st legal you got it hell yeah dude good to see you again man likewise serge take me out yeah i am serge.com i'll be in the comments this evening because uh i feel like seeing what you guys have to say um follow me on twitter at serge.com spell it out let's do it we will see you all over at timcast.com thanks for hanging out Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.